Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Whenever, wherever, however you care to join us, welcome to the Hot Tag Podcast. The hottest hot tag, might I add. And coming to the ring, hailing from Chesapeake, Virginia, one half of your host with the most that will whip you from pillar to post, all power to the people himself, Shabo. Along with the mastermind behind the design, the lineage of excellence himself, Big Grizz, Eric Phillips. Eric, how you doing? How you living? How you feeling, my friend? I tell you what, man. It's going to take more than an achy body and a 101 fever to keep me off this podcast this week. I tell you what. Man's a beast. It's a, I'm an animal. I'm an animal. That's it's why they call me. It's not a game. Yeah. It's not. It's not a game. I'm feeling good, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excellent. I'm feeling fine. Thank you for asking. Um, we got a jam-packed show as always. Love wrestling. Love when all things not, wrestling. When do we not have a jam-packed show? It seems like that literally true. we have not we have not had a show in under an hour. Ever. Is there so our, much wrestling? Is there so much wrestling going on? It's a, like this is the era. I keep saying it over and over, but oh my God, you guys, just, oh my God, I'm sweating from the fever, but also because of the excitement. Like, do y'all realize this is like almost as good as it gets at this point with uh, so much wrestling going on and so many signings and so many deals being made. It's like, I'm in, it, wrestling is now about to be what Rollerball was. You remember that movie <laughs> Rollerball? Like, that's like a rollerball right now. <laughs> and, and don't forget, so many different um, networks picking up wrestling shows. That's also a big deal. You ain't kidding. They used to have that. Now they happen to how y'all want to hop on the bandwagon. I talked about how wrestling, how wrestling wasn't, you know, wasn't believable. How it was quote unquote fake. I see a lot of y'all networks hopping on the bandwagon trying to trying to get up trying to get that wrestling money. Yeah, I see y'all. I see y'all. And, okay. it's, and it's funny because a friend of mine had asked, "What was my favorite era of wrestling?" Because they, he knows I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I saw him right now. He was like, "Even better than the Attitude Era." I'm like, "The Attitude Era came and went." Granted, I love the Attitude Era, but right now, because I can't do nothing about Attitude Era, I can't go back and watch it unless I do the WWE Network. And then plus, you know, how are we gonna talk about that? <laughs> That was in the 90s. Like You got to get with the times. So my favorite era of wrestling is right now at this very moment. Could not agree with more. Could not agree with you more. Okay. Now, before we get started with our show, um, before we get into wrestling, we, me and, well, I know I'm not very big on politics or anything like that, but I am a little socially conscious, a little culturally conscious, and we got to speak really fast on the tragedies that took place in Dayton, Ohio and El Paso, Texas. Um, my question is, how does America define itself? Like, where's the American conscience? We, we got to stop doing this, people. We, how do you want to define yourself with um, um, events and situations like this that, that just keep happening? over and over again it's messing up the American identity and I don't want to seem like I'm downplaying it I know this isn't the time to downplay America but we just have to find 
a new conscience, a new belief, you know, a new way of life, a new way of looking at things. And um, yeah, it, it's just a tragedy. It's it's very sad. It is very depressing. Um, this how how much how much how how how. Mm. I'm trying to I'm trying to stay calm because definitely between you and me I'm definitely the more the more political one out of the both of us. So I, I yes. this podcast I I try my hardest to try to keep it wrestling as much as possible because regardless of what I you know how I believe or how anybody else believes like wrestling is my escape you know between all the insanity that's going on in the world today but you know what with everything that's going on right now it's like you you can't turn a blind eye to what's going on and how much longer is our how much longer is our country going to continue to deal with this Uh, i mean back when we were kids like the i mean anything of this magnitude the only thing that came close to it like when me and you were in school shade was the columbine massacre exactly and even and even with that, like that shook us, that shook us to our core because they were like, you know, oh my God, like, you know, it didn't happen like that. That wasn't a regular thing, you know. So for us, we were like, oh, oh my gosh, like, wow, that's crazy. And it's like over the years, like it's just gotten worse and worse. Like it, it went from schools, you know, to out in the public where now you can't even go to Walmart without you know, without fear of being shot or killed. And let's and let's be completely honest. It's, this is an everybody problem. This is a United yes. States problem. This is not a black people problem. This is not a white people problem. This is not a, a Latino problem. This is an American problem. And only we Americans have the voice and have the power to fix it. We have to, we, have, we can't be silent about this anymore. You know, there were so many people that died. There's so, there's so many people that died in El Paso or Dayton that probably looked back on past shootings and said, man, something's got to be done about this so we can be next. And, God, and, and unfortunately, they were. How many times are we going to continue looking at the TV and say, God, something's got to be done or we're going to be next before we're actually next? I'm not about to sit here. I'm not about to sit here and, and use this podcast to, to you know, put my put my po- um, political beliefs on, on a pedestal because that's not what this show is about but I will say this this is this is not gonna get any better until we as an American people stand up and say enough is enough enough with with con- enough with Congress dilly-dallying around you know waiting for waiting for you know the whole outcry to subside so they can go back to doing whatever they're doing it's time to start holding our government accountable and it's time we start going to our government and letting them know look you guys need to do something about this because while you guys are sitting while you guys are sitting on vacation right now either count either counting your money or counting down the days so you can get back in office which, whichever one i really don't care i know one thing every person that's on congress right now your jobs are on the line because how whether or not you get elected this next cycle is solely going to depend on what you guys are going to do to continue to keep this country safe. And if you lose, and if you lose your position because you made a horrible choice and you decided to do nothing, it's on you. Good luck finding another job. But we got to do something. It can't keep going on like this. 
Yeah, that's why I say America has to find a new identity, a, a new image, because the one we have now is it's not pretty. It's not not at, pretty all. at all. On the outside looking in, it's not pretty, and, and it doesn't feel safe. As you said, you can't even go to Walmart. You can't even go to the movie theaters. You can't even go to church. <laughs> I mean, you know? dude, we can go down on the list of everybody, all the places that we cannot go, and there is a very viable, credible, th- credible threat to wherever we go that we could get shot. Wow. For wow. the color of our skin, or for our or or our political standings. Like you said, yeah. we got to change our identity. Uh, we cannot like yo. I, I can put. I am a. I'm a gun owner. I'm a gun owner. But you know what? I'm a responsible gun owner. I don't go out and shoot. I don't go out and shoot people just because they believe differently than I do. I don't go out and shoot people because because their skin color is different than mine. I also don't. I also don't have. I got an AK-47 sitting in my closet. Why? Because I don't need it. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and skip before I keep going in tomorrow. Because I already got a little <laughs> mini rant for wrestling. I got yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna keep it moving. But All I'm right, we're gonna keep it moving. But I'm dead serious about what I said. Something's got to change. Yeah, I'm serious about it too. Well, on to wrestling news. Rest in peace to the people involved in Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas. That's a tragedy. Now, wrestling news, rumors, theories, what you got? I got one that I, I, I got a question about. Ooh, I heard the rumor to... that I heard the rumor that Miss McMahon doesn't like Ember Moon. Yikes. Did you hear this? I I did. I did. I heard, I, I, I read a couple of articles and I heard some rumblings around some forums that, are, that I was in. And it's been said that, uh, that you know Vince McMahon has not you know exactly taken a liking to Ember Moon. Uh, the only thing that I the only thing that I possibly have on that is one reason in particular could be involving Ember Moon's husband. Yeah. Uh, at a um that there was a tweet that he put out a while ago. Ember Moon was supposed to work with Nia Jax, yeah. and uh, his tweet said something along the lines of. Um, I hope this idiot doesn't. I hope this uh, moronic idiot doesn't injure my wife tonight. Referring to Nia Jax. Yeah, she is kind of injury prone. Uh, that, that's, but I think that's neither here nor there in the grand scheme of things. Like when you think about it, I mean, one that's a shot at Nia Jax. You know, being a poor worker, which I think, in my personal opinion, I don't think she is. I mean, things happen. Me I mean, things happen in the ring, you know. Accidents happen. The whole thing with the, that whole thing stemmed from not from you know the accident, the accidental shot that Nia gave Becky and broke her nose. You know, broke and bloodied her face. And ever since, yeah. uh, ever since then, people have been talking about you know how she's a poor how she's a poor worker. And Nia Jax can't work. Like, are you kidding me right now? Nia Jax is one Nia of the Jax can work. She's one of the hardest workers in WWE. Fight me if you yes. I mean, because I know a lot of people, that's that's a hot take, and a lot of people don't agree with that. But I completely is one of the best workers in WWE. Now, is she great on mic? No. Is she is she limiting in some of the things that she could do because of her size? Yeah. 
I'm a big guy, so I don't mind. So I don't mind saying that. There's a lot of things I'm, I wouldn't be able to do. You're not going to catch me. You know, I'm saying doing a moonsault. You're not going to catch big. <laughs> he's bigger than me. So let's so let's kill that noise altogether. But no swanton bombs from you, huh? Oh no, sir! Not that I. You got to give me at least two years of training in. <laughs> at, least <two. laughs> at least two before I feel comfortable. But um, one. If this is the case, uh, he needs to be going at Seth Rollins for the moronic, stupid crap he said about his um, about his bank account online to Will Osprey. He, he needs to go after he needs to go after both Rusev and Lana for all the times that they goofed up and let stuff slip on social media. I mean, yeah, sure. I get it, I get it. Like from a from a company standpoint. I, I would have to agree with Vince on this one. I personally will go to will go to Ember and say, "Hey, listen, um, your husband, you need you get your man because you can't be posting. Yeah. You, you can't post this stuff. You can't have your man post this stuff on social media. It puts us in a bad, puts us and your coworker in a bad light, an unfair bad light at that. That's what well, I, my question is." Why is Vince McMahon fighting Nia's battles then? Like, Nia should step to him like, hey, what'd you just say? Send it to my face. You know what I mean? What? Or let that be a storyline. I'll drag that out into a storyline. You know what I mean? Make some money off of that. Because we all saw it. We all know about it. I mean, that could be... To make it a storyline. That could be a move for later on. But, I mean, you have to remember, at this time, she's still trying to recover from, uh, from ACL surgery. Yeah, well, I hope when they come back, they do that. You know, like if I was a fantasy, I'm not a booker, but I'm just saying, I would let that go into a storyline because it's something that really happened. He really put that out. He really put her on blast. He really disrespected her online. So, boom, we off to the races right there. That's money. Well, it's 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 not like WWE, you know, has been a poster child for. You know, thinking up for just like thinking up stories on the fly. They usually go with whatever's going on behind the scenes. They try to work that in. You know, that's what WWE does. So that wouldn't surprise yeah. me. If that was the route that they took. And also, I think Ember Moon versus Nia Jax would be a really good match. Oh, you damn right it would. Match. You damn right it would. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we could book that, let's book that. Whoever the booking committee is, I don't know. Is it Michael Hayes or somebody? I don't know. But if you're listening, book it. Um, on oh, uh, AEW signed or is going to sign three new people. Did you hear about this one? Yes, I did. That was it's the Till Piper. It's the latest. Yeah, I like that. I love it. Yeah, it is. Uh, if y'all don't know, it's Till Piper, who's supposedly the daughter of Roddy Roddy Piper. The reason I say supposedly. I'm not 100% sure on that. I can, I, you know, a lot of people. I can 100% huh? confirm that that is Rowdy Roddy Piper's daughter. Okay. I ain't know if, you know, they put the last name on her just to, you know, build her up and get the attention or something like that. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. Uh, another young lady named Ivalice. Am I saying her name right? Ivalice. Evelise, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. She, she's Evelise. She's best known. She's best known for her work on Lucha Underground. Yeah, that, that's what they had said. Yeah, she's from yeah that Lucha Libre style. Yeah, she's another. And the third signee, the third signee, I had her on my uh, top ten 
best woman wrestlers of all time, and that's the ECW legend Jazz. When I heard that name, I popped. I said, oh, suck it, suck it now. We about to get it popping in the women's division because Jazz does not play. Were you just as surprised at that as I was? Because I was shocked. I was actually shocked at that. I, I knew that yeah. Jazz still. I knew Jazz was still active, but that was a name that I didn't expect. And honestly, if I was if I was AEW, I would not have have put that out there. I would have waited. Jazz would have been a, a surprise entrant had I been in charge. Yeah, like, yeah, because I would have popped harder if I saw her just pop up out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, that's Jazz. Almost like um when Awesome Kong popped up. I I was like, what? They got Awesome Kong. And that's why I feel like that they could have captured that same magic from Double or Nothing. They could have did that for All Out and had Jazz come, especially with that mask. I've never seen that. I've seen a picture of Jazz with the mask on. I guess that's a mask that she comes out to the ring with. I've never yeah. seen. I've never seen her like that before. But her with that mask on looks ten times more badass than I already know she is. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, definitely. Like, I would have kept her, like, right in my back pocket. And she'd have been the last entrant. Yeah, yeah. Because it's supposed to be up for the uh, Casino Battle Royal. Yes, and um, one of whoever wins whoever wins this Casino Battle Royale will, will uh, either, I don't want to get it wrong, I don't want to put any wrong news out there. But hey, hey, no, just say it. Just say it. If they get mad, they get mad. Uh, you guys should be doing your research anyway. Supposedly, yeah. whoever wins this match will be in um the women the women's championship match at AEW's first live show. Uh, I look forward TV to live TV show. Yeah, it's a lot to look forward to. That is, you know. Uh, everything they, they, I see what they're doing. I see what AEW's doing. Like they're giving, they're giving you nuggets. They're giving you pieces. You know, they're not giving you the whole show, but you know, they're giving you a piece at a time. Just something to keep you, keep you excited, keep you wanting more. You know, the closer it gets to all out. I, lo I, lo I love their strategy. I love how they're doing it. I love it. Me too. I'm excited about it. Definitely excited about it. So I got a rumor piece for you. Go for it. So. If you will remember, uh, maybe an episode or two ago, we talked about the possibility of NXT going to FS1. You remember that conversation? I remember that. Well, turns well. out, not only is this actually happening, that, Fox, that NXT is moving to Fox, Fox Sports 1, but they're also going to two hours. Okay. And they're going to going up against. They're going to go up against. Uh, they're going to go up against AEW's weekly Wednesday show. Wednesday so night dynamite. Or it. Or here's another piece of information for you. We'll we'll go we'll go back to to Fox Sports in a minute. But also, supposedly there's a new name for their Wednesday night show. Supposedly, it's not going to be Wednesday Night Dynamite any longer. It's now oh. going to be AEW uh, All Elite Wrestling Revolution. Oh, that's that's good, too. I, 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 like, I, I like that better than I like Wednesday Night Dynamite. It just seems so hokey to me. It really well, did. 
Wednesday Night Dynamite sounded like Sunday Night Heat. Like, you know how, like, one of those ones just rolls off the tongue. It wasn't that much thought put behind it. But I still liked it, though. It was all right. I was, I, I rolled with it because I was so excited for AEW. I'm like, they never could have got, like, a better name. And it made sense because they were going to be on TNT. You know, Dynamite, TNT. It fit perfectly. Well, God, I, you know what? That's crazy. I never looked at it from that angle, but now that that made a little more sense, now I don't really feel that bad about Wednesday Night Dynamite. They probably should have stuck yeah. with that. But yeah, that's, that's just been, first heard it. Yeah, but that's just been trademarked, so we're not 100% sure if that's what's going to happen. But going back but going back to NXT, uh, can, we, can we now go ahead and put it out there and, and be official about it that WWE is officially at war with AEW. Can we say that now? Can we say this it? This is awesome. This is awesome. I, love it. I, mean, I can't wait. Yeah, we can say that now because, I mean, th- and this also ties into what I was saying last week when we went on our deep dive of WWE versus AEW. WWE shaking. They shook. They're shook. You can't convince me otherwise because what other reason would they feel the need to not only put NXT on FS1 on Wednesday nights to compete with AEW show, but then to also add another hour? And I think that's going to be, and I honestly, I think that might be to NXT's detriment because the best part about NXT so far is that there's show, there's, there's less to digest. You only got three. You only got three matches on during the show. You give more. You there's a lot. You know more wrestling than there is behind the scenes stuff. But their behind the scenes stuff carries so well into the show. You know, talking about you know like example, uh, NXT Takeover Toronto coming up on Saturday. That it gives you know when you get a break from the wrestling, you have compelling. You know, you have compelling content which ties into, you know, your pay-per-view matches and stuff. Them going to two hours, I feel like is is going to dilute, is, is dilute the, the product a little bit. Adding on that another hour, like there, people are going to look at it the same way everybody looked at Raw moving to three hours, in my personal opinion. Right. Like, I still don't think Raw should be three hours. You're giving us too much too fast, you know, make us wait for it. You know, that's what makes it even better. But anyway, hey, I'm not the booker. But anyway, last rumor, last rumor I want to talk about. Well, not really a rumor, it's more of a question. Who is Roman Reigns facing at SummerSlam? Is it Buddy Ryan? Daniel Bryan? Who? Who? I heard the rumor is going to be Buddy Ryan on like a surprise thing. Like everybody thinking Daniel Bryan's going to come out, but then Buddy Ryan comes out. That's who what is, I heard. Who is Buddy Ryan? Is that his name, Buddy Ryan? Buddy Murphy. Buddy. Oh, Buddy Murphy. I got Buddy Ryan. Excuse me. Oh, I Buddy Ryan. Sorry, folks. Sorry, sorry. The dude is so uh, um um. What's the word I'm looking for? I'll say uh, it. I'm say no, it. He's so he, he he's just so um. He's not important enough for me to know his yeah. actual name. Let me put it to you like that. He's a former 205 Live Champion, Shay. Put some respect on his name. whoop de do mm. whoop de freaking do <laughs> Terrible. No respect. Buddy Murphy. But that sounds like uh, one of the characters for the Muppet Babies or something. Hey, Buddy Murphy. I am, oh. splitting, I am splitting this part of the podcast 
and I and I am going on Twitter and I am adding Buddy Murphy on this. I am going to add him on this. Well, you do that and let me know how that turns out. Uh, the, well, Actually, I, don't I, let I, me know how it turns out. That's going to be a waste of my time. All right, hey, when he the hey, when he sent you that message, you gonna send your message in a second. Oh, what up, Jim Ross? Well, I'm thinking about it. what up, Jim Ross? <laughs> hey, I gotta give a what? shout out to Jim Ross. Let's tell the people. Let's tell them. What yes. So every day, I would send our podcast to like Stone Cold or Chris Jericho or Jim Ross or X Spot, and I would do it every day. Every new podcast we do, I'll send it every day just to get some traction. And Jim Ross actually liked the last one I sent to him. Did he listen to it? I'm not 100% sure. But just the fact that he knows we exist now just has me like a giddy little schoolgirl going to a Justin Bieber concert. I'm like, oh, my God, Jim Ross. Oh, my God. You know, so... Two schoolgirls. We were two two schoolgirls. Two two schoolgirls. Yeah. I'm my masculinity. I can say it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just had me like, oh my god, Jim Ross liked it. Jim Ross liked it. We're going somewhere. We're going places in life. (laughs) So, so I just want to say, Jim Ross, Young Bucks, Cody, Tony Khan. If you guys are looking for somebody to help put together. Um, AEW's podcast where your boys right here I'll add us I'm telling right you fire we got we got charisma we got attitude we're in your face we tell you the truth we tell you uh, what's real and what's not we're right here and and I and hey God, if it's any extra incentive I'm not afraid to give that Burberry wearing punk MJF the hard questions. I'm not afraid. I'm not I afraid. like him though. That, I like oh, him. I like. I love to hate him. I, I'm not gonna lie. He, he, the guy's a great talent. I'm not gonna. Lie. I love. I, I love classic heels. I, he's a douchebag of colossal proportions, and I'll tell you why. There is a gentleman by the name of Kevin Kellum, who he works for uh, Russell Zone on mandatory. Great guy. Has has his own podcast or his own daily. I'll plug that real quick. If you guys want to go ahead and hop on that, listen to it. Uh, available on all your platforms. Great guy. This guy interviewed MJF. MJF had the audacity to try to get him fired. And I'm not talking kayfabe, you know, fired. He literally tried to get Kevin fired. I said Kevin like we're on a first name basis, but it, it, regardless. Hey, let it roll. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. Regardless of which. And just, you're a douche for that. Okay? You are an absolute douchebag. Okay? Kevin Kellum is a very professional person. He's a great interviewer. You probably were mad because of the because of the questions he was giving, giving you the hard questions instead of the, oh, what made you so great? And trust me. What what makes you great? It's certainly not that knockoff Burberry scarf that you wear to the ring. Okay, so let's start there. But Regardless of which, he's a great talent. Not going to let my personal feelings get in the way of that. He is a phenomenal talent, but he's a douchebag. I don't mind saying it. Moving on. Well, that escalated quickly, didn't it? <laughs> we haven't even gotten to... Dude, we haven't even gotten to what I wanted to rant about yet. Okay. 
Fans, if y'all have any questions, comments, concerns about what we're saying, you can contact us. You can contact me on Instagram at All Powers of the People. That's A W L P O W R, the number two D A P P L. I got it written down in front of me, so I won't mess that up. You can also call me, 757 419 1990. Facebook me at Shabo, that's S H E A space B O. Or you can send me a Twitter or tweet, whatever you kids call it nowadays. At Shabo Four, that's the actual number four, not spelled out, but Shabo Four. And if any, and if any of our listeners want to get in contact with me or MJF, you had beef with what I said. You can hit me up on Facebook, Eric the Bitch Chris Billups. Um, you can also reach me on uh, Instagram, lineage underscore of underscore excellence. You can also reach me on Twitter, Seven City Psycho. The S in Psycho is the dollar sign because we get stuck money. And also, you can give me a call at 757-633-0132. Okay, we gave him a jam-packed half hour just then. Good gracious. We got to let Let's give them room to breathe. They're like, oh my God, like, what's happening today? Like, usually the shows come on, they're smooth sailing. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's vibes. It's, you know, smooth vibes just riding in from segment to segment. Oh no, we're hitting you on with fire today. God dang it. Booyaka, I'm booyaka. Upset. And it's not a 619. I'm upset. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick breather. You know, guys, get your coffee, get your Gatorade, get your water, get your tea, go get your Kool-Aid, whatever it is. Go get a beverage. Uh, get yourself some popcorn because our next segment is the Imp Raw Down, which, if you don't know by now, it's a mixture between what happened on Impact, what happened on Raw, and what happened on SmackDown. So, hope that I got y'all popcorn ready, as Terrell Owens would say, and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome yeah, back. You are I can sing. You are probably the only person other than me, because I can't believe it. I'm like I can't believe you said that I knew exactly what your what song goes from. But you're probably the only person that that knows what that song is from, besides me and you. It, well no, I mean, uh, well, people are in our generation should remember. Uh, well, at least. Well, I don't know. If you if you if you're a current Christian or a former Christian, then you probably know. We <laughs> <laughs> <I only> know. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, that is funny. Be a hundred percent honest. Did you buy the album? I've never bought a Mace album. Yeah, you're fired. You're not even allowed to quote Mace at this point from now on. What? You're not a real I've Mace never fan. bought a Mace album. Not, what what do you mean you never bought a Mace album? I never bought I listened to his first one. I think it was a Harlem World, I think. Harlem World. Harlem World was an in- Yeah, I, I, Yeah, I listened to it. I didn't have it. I think my, my brother had it or uh somebody had it and I listened to it, but I never bought one. I yeah, uh I wasn't really big on Bad Boy. Uh, so you 
Why you up Big and shine? Why my girl standing here? Why my girl standing here? What, 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 why you over there looking at me? Yeah, that, that was it. That's what I had to me. What you looking for? Can a young man make money anymore? Sag my pants. Nah. Okay, okay, okay. This is not the Joe Button podcast. My bad, bad. My bad. I'm about to say, all right, DJ such and such. Uh, oh, DJ such and such. At least give me a decent name. You was a such and such. God. <laughs> I mean, you're mixing up Mace right now. Like, come on, man. Mace, I don't care anybody said. Mace was fire back in the day. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, he was hot back in, like, 97. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. More Money, More Problems was probably, like, his best verse ever. His best verse ever? Yeah, no, 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 no. I take that back. His best verse was on DMX's album. It's dark and hell is hot. Yeah. Um, he did kill that, though. He did kill that, though. He killed that. Yeah, he, he killed uh, 24 Hours to Live. Yes. If I had 24 Hours to Live, just think. Where would you go? What would you do? What would you do? Who would you screw? Who would you want to notify? Would your ass now that your ass about to die? I said, <laughs> okay, we got to get back to wrestling. <laughs> Ooh, that's hip. Hey, hey, five and undercrowd. That is hip hop. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee you, like fifty percent of our listeners, are like, who the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave y'all our com- uh, content information, so if you want to know about old school hip hop, we don't do just wrestling. We, you know, we know hip hop. You know what I mean? And notice I said hip hop. Y'all might never heard that term lately, but who that? No, they think hip hop is going down to Old Town Road and riding till you can't no more. That's that's what they. That's a, that's a bad on them, but I'm just saying. I just got a brain aneurysm when you said that. Oh, then you got my point. Then you got my point. <laughs> okay, so moving on. The Impact of Raw Down. Did you check out Impact? If y'all don't know, it's Impact Wrestling. It's on the Pursuit channel Fridays at 10 p.m. I did. I did. I checked it out. I checked out the first half of it and uh, not the second half of it because uh, my kids were getting ready for back to school shopping and this of mine wants everything so but uh impact i'm surprised how, how good impact is like i'm, I'm kind of like downing myself because i was like why didn't i start watching impact i said the same thing i, I was like this is a pretty good show like you know because they're, they're not and like i said last time they're not pc and they're not rated pg so they can say a lot of stuff and do a lot of things that we haven't seen in a while because we're so used to WWE being all politically correct and structured and you can't say this, you can't do that. But TNA, or not TNA, but Impact Wrestling is like, we can do it and we're going to do it. And they do a good job at doing it too. To, to your attention, Jessica Havoc, did you see the match she had? Uh, I didn't see all of it. Oh my god. Well, it ain't so much the match, it's her look that got me and her skill set in the ring that got me. I was like, wow, she's going places. She's not all the typical big boobs and fake butt and fake lips and long blonde hair and all that stuff. No. She's a pretty big girl. Nothing wrong with that. I like big girls. Um 
ta- she got a tattoo of a joke on her arm that is badass. That's legit. I did badass. see that. I, has- lo- I love her tattoo. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a straight up ass beater. Like she's not here for the funny games. She's not here the what's some girls called the um uh what's the ones that oh, from SmackDown uh the ones from New Zealand what's the name New Zealand. Ain't it from New Zealand or Australia? From Australia, you're talking about the iconics. Yeah, don't. She's not nothing like them. She's not a diva at all. But she will beat your ass if you disrespect. Yeah, I'm familiar with Jessica having from the indie scene, and and she, I I love what she's. I love the gimmick that she that she's put together for herself, and because I think when it ever, whenever it comes to a wrestler and their gimmick, I, I firmly believe in what you know Vince says, like it being ten, you know, your personality times ten. But Jessica in particular takes it to another level like you believe everything like she doesn't look like a wrestler that just put on a costume and is doing something like you believe in every word that she says and every move that she makes and every move that she does in the ring like it's believe like you're looking at a person in their natural element right that's why i said she's like an ass beater she's not a wrestler she's an ass beater you know, she's a female Brock Lesnar, okay? And I don't want to call her the next Awesome Kong, because that's not fair to her, no. but I want to call her the first Jessica Havoc, if that makes sense. Yeah, the only Jessica Havoc. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to put her in somebody else's shadows. She's carving her own shadow, and it's, it's going to be bright. I see she have a bright future in the women's division of Impact Wrestling or AEW, or even if she goes to WWE, she's going to take that thing over and run with it. Um, and heaven help this division when she gets the title. Oh my god! Oh my god! Division because because uh, she she's the type she's the type of person that you put that you put the title on and you keep and you keep the title on them for a while. Like she's that good. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I didn't hear her promo yet. She didn't cut a promo when I saw her, but. Uh, maybe I don't know if she needs promo work or not, but uh, go off of a parent uh, skill set. Go online, go online and look up some of her promos, man. I'm telling you, she's good. Okay, okay, so she's legit. Remember that name, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first on Hot Tag Podcast, the hottest Hot Tag Podcast. No imitators, no duplicators. We're the originals. Hot Tag Podcast, Jessica Havoc. Um, another part of Impact Wrestling that I was so amused by. Did you see the guy named Moose who's wearing a red dress shirt yeah. and dress pants? Yeah, Moose, is for the, Moose been in the game for Moose been at Impact for a long time. Like and Moose just now getting his due. It's a, man, that man is long overdue. That man long overdue get that man his title. did have me laughing so if y'all don't know if y'all didn't see it he um there was a match that happened before he came out and the guy was left lying in the rain and moose came out and just started beating him up now mind you he had on a red dress shirt and dress pants he started beating him up and saying uh something along the lines of he's the best wrestler back there the best athlete and he deserves to be the champion and then another guy came out named uh was it Falaba? 
He's like a sumo wrestler, almost like a slimmer Yokozuna. Or whatever. He came out and confronted Moose, and Moose was like, oh, you want to fight Fat Man? Blah, blah, blah. I started talking <laughs> a lot of trash about him. Like, get, you know yeah. what I mean? He said, and he said, get in the ring. Let's do this. Let's get a referee, all that good stuff. So they had a little match, and Falabai beats Moose with the bonsai drop. The show cuts the commercial. It cuts back. Moose is in the back saying, who booked that match? I wasn't ready. I didn't have my gear on. I wasn't dressed. I'm going to talk to the higher-ups about this. I said, bro, where y'all find this guy? Man, I was so entertained. That was so funny to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Moose is, Moose is very entertaining. Moose and the Mac. Like, those are the... I feel like those are, those are the two guys who I feel like... They dropping the ball on like they got they gotta put you know what I'm saying they gotta put them in the title spot they got to and I'm telling you those guys those guys can go and they can carry this company I really think so yeah because just with that little probably like maybe lasted all of ten minutes but that little ten minutes I was laughing the entire time like I was just it was just entertaining to me I haven't seen anything like that in a while. I was like, who booked this match? You did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Last little bit of impact. Like, once again, we're not going to break down every single match, every single promo, every single backstage interview. You guys can go and watch it. Like I said, comes on the Pursuit Network Fridays at 10. But Rhino cut a promo. Did you hear his promo? I didn't get a chance to hear his promo. Oh, he took it back to ECW. He took about the ECW. He was dropping f bombs left and right. They had to bleep out like almost every other word. <laughs> no lie, if you could pull it up on YouTube, pull it up. But they bleeped out like every other word he was going in. I was like, "That's the Rhino I remember. That's Rhino from 1999." That that's definite. That's definitely old school ECW. Except. It's yeah. something easy, Debbie. If you cut, if you cut it on the right, uh, cut it on the right channel, or bought the VHS or DVD, <laughs> except they wasn't they wasn't bleeping nothing out at that point. No, they ain't bleep nothing on ECW. Kids, I'm under twenty five. I'm sorry you missed that era, but you know, it, it, yeah, we lived it, so they ain't bleep out nothing. I actually thought I didn't watch it real quick. ECW wasn't a work. Like, I knew WCW and WWE was a work, but I thought ECW was, like, like really, like, <laughs> real stuff. You know what I mean? I'm trying to tiptoe around calling it the F-A-K-E word. Right. But I, did, I thought that was, like, off the handles. Like, they were really doing that stuff to each other, you know? But, yeah, that's how convincing it was. Yeah. Um, and that's basically it for Impact Wrestling that stood out for me. Anything stand out for you that was like extreme or not really? It was kind of a smooth show from the beginning. Like it wasn't. It didn't. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for like in the place that I put it in as far as wrestling hierarchy. Yeah, I was de- I was pleasantly surprised because it's low on my wrestling hierarchy, but they gave such a good show that I'm like, oh, it was like I was pleasantly surprised. But yeah, I just feel like I feel like so 
it was kind of like jumping from segment to segment was kind of choppy at times. Like it was kind of hard to keep up with if you weren't paying attention. Yeah, that's why we just break down the important parts and stuff that stood out to us. Um, oh, I had like that Rascals versus the North match. That was the main event for the tag team title. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. I like, well, actually, you, you, you know I like storytelling. And I thought the first five minutes of the match was good and the last five minutes of the match was good. Everything in between was just random stunts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to put it out like that. But it was just random moves that made no sense. And you know, I don't really like that type of wrestling. I like more of a, tell me a story. Tell me what's going on. What's the psychology? But the first five minutes, like I said, had a lot of psychology in the last five minutes. Everything in between, it was just like, yeah, let's just get all our move sets off and you know, go home, you know, but hey, I'm not a booker, so I didn't book it. I swear, dude, we're going to get that t-shirt. I swear, we're going to get that t-shirt and it's going on pro wrestling tees. I don't know, would they let us go up? Would they let us put something up on pro wrestling tees? I mean, technically, it's a wrestling shirt. Yeah, I, uh, let's do it. I'm going forget, forget the semantics. Forget asking permission. We're doing it. And if you sue us, then I'm going to cry. But I'm just saying... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man. Look, I don't know if you're you're aware of my size, but not everybody is. Yeah. So you see my son in person yet? Imagine me half size. That's my kid. I can't afford to get sued. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I said. If you sue us, then hey. you know I'm forced to buy it. But <laughs> if not, I'm running with it, man. Forget it. Off the hand. Hey, listen, man. I can I can handle fan hate. I can handle a wrestler coming to my house ready to whoop my ass because it's something I said. I cannot handle a lawsuit, okay? <laughs> no. No whatsoever. And before we, we finish, I just want to apologize if I said anything offensive. <laughs> oh, no. Don't be backtracking now, man. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Forget it. If you don't like it, blow. You can't put out. You can't put out the smoke and then backtrack. They're gonna think we punks out here, man. Yeah, but I can put out the smoke and then fan it away. Can't <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, just blow it away. Put out the smoke and then just blow it out the way. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ain't no fire here. What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a emergency blanket over it. You know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Trying to keep it safe. Just trying to keep it safe. Trying to keep. I just want to be entertaining as possible. Look, we, as entertaining as possible. However, way I can be. It's all jokes, man. It's all jokes. Except for MJF. I was dead ass, but everything I see it. He was dead ass. He was dead ass. He, he was. Thoughts, if y'all listening, thoughts, he was dead ass. Thoughts and opinions of Eric Dickers. I'm sorry. His and his alone. <laughs> We should start the show like that before I even do my intro. We should. We should. <laughs> we should, because I told you we haven't even got to the part where I, where I got a reason to rant yet. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm scared to keep going. You know that's what they want, Shay. You know that's what they want, man. Okay, well, let's keep going. It's probably going to come up sometime, because we got to talk about Raw. And with Raw, Joe, 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 Joe. Samoa Joe, Love. my man. Love it. You start off the show with Samoa Joe for like the whole entire month, and I would not complain that one time. 
The man's gone. Yeah, yeah. He's golden. I know I said I know I said Joe doesn't win matches, but that's the booking committee. Joe could beat your ass if he wanted to. Yeah, you know what I mean? Shoot style at that. So horrible booking. When they start the show with some more Joe, I popped. I was like, and remember how um like you know they do that little intro with the little uh the opening segment when they're showing all the different wrestlers with music playing, and then you just hear Joe's voice like, yeah. Uh, I got something to say, and I was like, "Oh, right into it. Let's go, Joe." I love, have you noticed? You can tell. Have you noticed that's how Ross been started. Like usually, usually with the, I can tell you right out the gate how before Paul Heyman came on the show, before Paul Heyman came in as creative director, I can tell you how Raw always started. Pan shot of the arena, graphic of where they're from, boom, Roman Reigns music. Have you noticed? Since he took over, like they get straight to the action. I love it, Paul. And, and I was gonna bring that up. So, and I was gonna bring that up that Paul Heyman knows what to do with that talent. You know what I mean? He knows what to do because Paul Heyman knows what to do with. Well, we're gonna get to it later, but let, let's go down the line. <laughs> uh, I want to save that one. I mean, it ain't really big, but I just like what he's doing. But anyway, Joe, 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 Joe. And you know, the whole thing with him and Roman Reigns, you would think it was going to have that match at SummerSlam. But honestly, the way it's looking, you know, if y'all didn't see it, um, well, you explain it. You could explain it better than I can. Well, I mean, we don't, at this point, we're not getting that match, but we don't even know. Like, like at this point, we don't know who Roman Reigns' opponent is, is going to be at SummerSlam, which is so crazy like you, you guys had this guy on the pedestal for years and now it's, and now at this point it's like they don't know what to do with them and I think it, that's Paul Heyman's cross to bear but it's not his fault because he's only he's only picking up like what's been given to him so it's like now he has to switch everything around he's got to switch everything around for everything to make sense because it hasn't made sense for so long so, with, right. so Roman is like, I can't boost him up. I can't, you know, make him the main event guy. Or I'm getting killed for it because y'all buried the guy to the ground for the past year and a half. So thanks, guys. Can't do anything with that. But then at the same time, it's like you can't leave him off TV because, I mean, Roman Reigns is freaking Roman Reigns. Like, you know, for yep. all of whatever, whatever fans have had an issue with, there's no mistaking his talent in the, in the ring. And and he's a huge and Roman's a huge name, so it's like you can't leave him all. But now it's like, so then what do you do? What do you do with him? And with this whole, you know, who's trying to kill Roman angle? It's intriguing, but we'll get to that. Like it's to me, this whole thing is left something to be desired. Well, but we'll get into. Well, that's what I, I was gonna bring up. I, like I like the whole thing with Joe and Roman Reigns and are trying to hit him and stuff like that. It kind of reminded me of when Stone Cold got hit by a car. But, yeah, and it kind of feels, and this might be just me, but it feels like Joe might be turning face pretty soon. Because when he got, when the car hit uh, Roman Reigns, Joe was like, hey, somebody come out here, check on him, see if he's okay. That's a baby face thing. Was that not was that not a weird flex when you saw it? Because it was such a weird flex for me. Like for him to do that 360 like that. Like I my mind. <laughs>
Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> yeah. So, want to make a little small apology? Um, very small. Virginia weather's been very crazy to the point that it'll thunderstorm and then the sun will come out like it is now. What had just happened? The thunder hit and my internet went out, so the podcast had shut off. But we're back. We're safe. Like I said, the sun is out. Like nothing ever happened, and we're ready to get back into it. Yeah, Virginia. For for those who don't live in Virginia, Virginia is the Virginia weather is a lot like our women. Uh, I said it. I said it. I said said, first of all, not to our female listeners because we love you guys just as much. We love. I'm just enough. We love all listeners of our podcast. Oh, right, speaking of that, how many listeners we got now, Eric? Oh, speaking of which, we have uh, uh, listens on our podcast. What is it? Let's check again. <gasps> Surprise! A hundred and six listens. A hundred and six. A hundred and six times. You people have taken times out of your busy day. Or busy evenings to listen to us and to show you our utmost gratitude and appreciation. I will follow through on my word. I will take a Ric Flair chop to the chest, bare chested, and I'm overweight. So you guys <laughs> don't like when we go on live. Don't be making fun of my body because I'm real because I'm real sensitive about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing this for you guys, not to laugh at me, but to celebrate with me. Okay? <clears throat> so, keep that in mind. But yes, I will be taking the word chop to the chest to celebrate our 100 plus listens of this podcast. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And yeah, for those who are excited for me, I bet you are. You want to know why you're excited for me, Shay? Because you're not the one that has to take the chop. You damn skipping. Mr. Please, Mr. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, don't 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 touch me, please. Don't touch me, please. Don't touch me. But and to hold on, hold on. To tell yeah. like two hundred listens, Shay will be taking a power you, you, you a damn lie. You yes, a damn you. lie. People, uh-huh. listen, guys. Listen, we have. What is it? We're at what? One hundred and six plays, guys. We need ninety-four reasons. To get Shay to take this power driver to celebrate 200 listens, no, I want to no, hear you from don't you. Guys. No, you don't I want to hear from you guys. You guys, so you guys know where to find us. Of course, you can hit me up, Eric Big Grizz Billups, on Facebook, Instagram, lineage underscore of underscore excellence, Seven City Psycho. The S is the dollar sign because we get that money. On Twitter, or you can call me 757-630-0132. I want to hear from you guys. Tell us. Tell us why Shay should take this power driver. I want to hear from you guys. Shay wants to hear from you guys. Shay on the low really wants to take this power driver. He just the, needs reason, guys. The devil is a lie. Is that why you gotta bring the devil in again? The devil is a lie. Well, I'm gonna give up my well, I'm about to give up my information, but don't y'all call me on that bull. Tell my son, why don't you take a, a flying knee to the chin? Like, shit. 
So I, I, didn't say, I, I didn't say nothing about a flying knee to the chin. I said a harmless pile driver. But no, I ain't taking none of that. I ain't taking no sweet chin music. I ain't taking no no Vader bombs. I ain't taking no Samoan drops. None of that. Like, nah, I'm good. I'm sure. Okay. I watch wrestling. I'm not a wrestler. Granted, when I was young, I used to dive off my dresser onto my bed. But what kid did? If you hey, said look, you man. didn't, you ain't a real wrestling fan. First of all, if you can survive a figure four leg lock as a kid, you can survive a power job. Oh, I survived the figure four leg lock, sharpshooter, torture rat. Oh. My best buddy that lived across the street, I'm going to shout him out, Alan Jenkins. Call him AJ. Me and him used to practice. Yeah, you remember AJ. We used, yeah. to, practice, we used to practice wrestling holes on each other. He remember this too. We used to do the ankle lock, figure four. And I'm not condoning this. I ain't saying, kids, if you're listening to this, I'm not condoning doing this. But we did it because we, we know no better. But we did torture rats, camel clutch, um, uh, cripple across faces. Texas Cloverleaf, you name it, we did those submissions on each other, and we tore our bodies up. <laughs> I ain't been walking straight since then, so. Such an AJ, AJ, AJ stay in the gym. So apparently, yeah. you didn't put enough, you didn't put enough punishment on him because he is in there clanging and banging. No, 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 no. I know I, I cracked his neck with a torture act uh, back in the okay. day. All right. Okay. Yeah, I heard that jingle crack. I said, yeah, I think we should stop this now. <laughs> <laughs> because if you do not want to have to go back to your mom and say, uh, so-and-so was hurt. What was y'all yeah. doing? I, I, I put him in the torture rack. Now I'm going to torture rack you in a minute. Yeah, so. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, y'all can reach me at uh, Instagram, all power to the people, eight. A W L P O W R number two D A P P L. Call me 757-419-1990. Facebook me at Shea That's S H E A space B O. Or send me a tweet at Shea number four. The actual number four. So before the Thunder Gods had uh, knocked out my internet, we was talking about Raw and we was talking about Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns, and I was saying how I feel that Samoa Joe is going to turn face because the way he was checking up on Roman Reigns after he allegedly got hit by a car, or a car ran into his car, however you want to put it. So I still think it was Rikishi. <laughs> I did it. I did it. For the rock. That's funny. He brought it back to that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, look at the video. Look at the video. I saw blind braids in the car seat. That's all I'm saying. That's funny. It's Rikishi. I, I forgot all about that. Like, it was oh. Rikishi that did it. <laughs> see? I didn't see. I'm telling you. Yeah. But supposedly, um, the way, well, well, we can cross breed. We can cross jump. Because on SmackDown, supposedly it was Daniel Bryan and, um, and Eric Rowan or something, something along those lines. But we don't know. We don't know. And you know what? The, to jump in the smack, I know we're on Raw, but to jump in the SmackDown, I like the way it ended with that because it ended with a cliffhanger right before the pay per view. So you're like, oh my god, who did it? Who shot Jr.? Who did it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that? Dallas? The show called Dallas? Who shot yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who shot well, yeah, yeah. So, sorry for the fans, twenty five and under. I know, I know, we're old school, but 
There's a TV show called Dallas, and the big thing was who shot Jr. at the end, and that's how I felt that SmackDown was. It was like, who hit Roman Reigns? Who's been doing all this stuff for Roman Reigns? You know, so kind of had that feel to it. You said what? Dallas did it better. Just saying. Oh yeah, they had better writers. (laughs) Better writers. Just putting it out there, you know. But anyhow, but also on Raw, what else did we have on Raw? I know we got new women's tag team champions. Was that Raw or SmackDown? Nope, that was Raw. That's exactly what I was about to mention. Yeah, with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Oh, let me just put it like this: the blonde bimbo and Nikki Cross. You are mad disrespectful, man! Wow. Who did I disrespect? Who, who did I disrespect? What do you mean? <laughs> Who's the blonde one? Alexa Bliss. So, did I lie about anything I just said? Uh, you called her a bimbo. We don't know her sexual habits, my friend. To oh, to make well, that well, we try to we try to be aggressive on this show. <laughs> okay, all right. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Are uh, your new SmackDown Women's Tag Team Champions or Tag Team Women's Champions? How have you worded? I don't know how they word it. They got so many names to it now. The thoughts and opinions of Shabo are the opinions. Hey, forget, <laughs> forget the disclaimers. Forget the disclaimers. All right. Oh, God. Just know from here on out is it, it, it's unfiltered. Ooh, I like when I like unfiltered. All right. Hey, don't tell me calm down later on. I won't. I never. I never do. I just let you talk, and then I just be like. So it's a sunny Friday afternoon. <laughs> meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah. So, but we got news: uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, Tag Team Champions. Um, so, Dolph Ziggler has a match for SummerSlam. Silence for a second. Let that sink uh, in. I, I'm no. Do Do you hear the very slow? Clapping, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I feel about this whole situation. Um, honestly, it got me because I thought, why? So here's a scenario. It was supposed to be Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. That's what everybody thought. That's what the announcers were saying. That's what they were saying on the internet. Blah blah blah. But everybody, The Miz. Yeah, yeah whoop de do. I was so interested in that. I would. I would. No, no lie. No lie. Dolph Ziggler and Miz do have good matches. I've never seen a bad match between those two. But doing the contract signing on um, Miz TV, Miz brings up that Dolph Ziggler should have read the fine print because he's not going to wrestle the Miz. And then in my head, I was like, see, I knew it was going to be Shawn Michaels. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Then Shawn Michaels says, it's not me. Then I was thinking to myself, well, who is it going to be? And then we heard it. The Goldberg music played. Bill Goldberg, that is. And he comes out. I popped a little bit. I popped because I didn't see that coming. They got me. I'll admit, when when they pulled something out their ass that I didn't expect, I, I popped for Like, oh, cool. I like that. I like that. Kudos, Paul Heyman. You got one over on me. Is it is it my turn? Oh, shit. All right, hold on. Let me keep talking then. Is this the rant? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me keep, let me keep going then. 
Get it all out now, my friend. Okay, okay. So, and that's what I was going to say earlier about Paul Heyman and Dolph Ziggler. Because I think Paul Heyman is helping Dolph Ziggler. Because that was one of the best promos I think Dolph's cut in a while. With the help of Paul Heyman. He's helping bring Dolph to that character that he knows he could be, you know. And Dolph's been doing this for a long time. But for real, I don't think he ever found his voice so to speak, because he's never had any legendary promos where you're like, ooh, that was good. But the one he cut on Miz TV was good. I, I, I enjoyed that, and I think that's Paul Heyman's doing. So, kudos to you, Paul Heyman. I can't wait to see how things are going to play out with Dolph Ziggler working under your wing. I, I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be entertaining. I know it's going to be fascinating. Um... <clears throat> As far as the match goes, I think it's good for Dolph Ziggler to be in in a match with somebody as as the caliber of uh, Bill Goldberg, you know, that Hall of Famer, the winning streak, world champion, the main eventer. I think it's a good rub for Dolph Ziggler to be up there. Uh, I don't think the match is going to be all that good. (laughs) It might. I don't know. I don't know. But as far as uh, Dolph Ziggler's push goes I think this is an awesome push for him Win, lose, or draw If he wins, good for him If he lose, I think it's still going to be good for him Because one At SummerSlam WWE puts out This is good Dolph Ziggler He's on the flagship show Raw um, He's just cut a good promo On the Go Home episode of Raw And like I said, he's facing Bill Goldberg at the second grandest stage that WWE has to offer SummerSlam. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Dolph. On Monday, I'm going to see what they're going to do with Dolph. I hope they keep it, keep his uh, momentum going because I'm liking how this is going. And I'm going to be quiet because Eric is about to rant and I don't want to interrupt him. You have the stage. The thoughts and opinions of Eric Bates Phillips are his own and his own only. Now that we got that out the way. Oh, my first question is, why? <laughs> why? Why, for the love of God, are we even having this match in the first place? Okay, we get it. Goldberg had a crappy match. It's Goldberg's own doing for getting himself concussed. Then, on top of that, he goes in the back and he has a hissy fit because everybody's on his ass about having a crappy match. Uh, sorry, Goldberg. I didn't realize this was third grade again. Have you been have you been getting tips from Sasha Banks on how to have a freaking tantrum? First of all, you're the one that decided to slam your head up against the door before the match. Try to play Mr. Badass like you're. 30-something years old again in WCW. It's not that world anymore, my friend. You ain't got it like that no more. And now you want to, and now because of your own doing, messing up yourself in the match, Did we lose Eric? Eric, are you there? 
All right. All right. Sorry, guys. Minor inconvenience. I'm back. I'm here to finish my rank. Moving on. He put himself he put himself in danger by even continuing on with the match. I know the show goes on when it comes to wrestling. I get it. But good God, dude. You had a fucking you were concussed. Not only that, you put the Undertaker in danger. Excuse my bias because that man, for the most part, defines my childhood. So you put him in danger on top of that. Then you get backstage and you throw a hissing fit because everybody's telling you what everybody in the world watching the match already knew. You screwed up. And so now you want your shot at redemption and it's not even against anybody who's really going to do anything after the match. I'm sorry. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that feels like there's you can't do anything with Dolph Ziggler. I mean, he's okay on the mic at most, and if it's a matter of them just not letting him say whatever he wants to say, then okay. I mean, I've seen his stand-up. His stand-up's pretty funny, but I, I, I'm floored at the I'm floored at the fact that. I get why they're giving him another opportunity, but if you're gonna give, if you're gonna give him another opportunity, make it mean something. Don't just throw him in a meaningless match. You're only putting him against Ziggler because Ziggler can hang, and Ziggler can sell, and he had, and Ziggler can help put him over. But what are you putting over Goldberg for to begin with? But unless he, unless he's gonna be doing dates for the rest of the year. This match is pointless. It does nothing for the fans. It does nothing for Dolph Ziggler because I have a fear. One, he's definitely not going over on Sunday. I almost guarantee it. But number two, what are you going to do? After after you made him lose, you put him in that meaningless program with Kofi. Kofi went over. By the way, thank you, Lord, for that one. But now you've got got him going against Goldberg, and you know he's not going to lose that match. So then, what do you do with Dolph Ziggler after this? This isn't just a shot at Dolph Ziggler. This isn't just a shot at Goldberg. This is a shot at WWE. What are y'all doing? Placate. Okay, fine. You want to placate Goldberg? Fine. At least give us something to get behind it. You guys making sure that he goes over Rey Mysterio and Ali is supposed to make us think, oh my God, he may actually have a chance against Goldberg. Are you kidding me right now? This is the same half-ass 50-50 hotshot booking crap that Vince has been doing for so long. And you want to know the only reason why this is happening is because Vince keeps rewriting SmackDown. What is the point of putting Eric Bischoff in this position if you're not going to let him work his magic? Yeah, okay, it's not working out for you. It's not working out for you. Guess what? His ideas worked out for everybody else for 83 weeks. Did it take him a while to get into a position where he was over you guys for a while? Yeah, but it happened. I mean, not everything is going to be hit and miss right now. And I think I I speak for a lot of fans when I say at this point, we're kind of okay with it because we know it's a transitional phase 
with Eric Bischoff going in this position. But what is the entire point of what we're doing right now as far as good as far as Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler? I don't even like the match. I don't even like the match you know, physically from a watchful standpoint. Like what gives me any idea that Dolph Ziggler could pull off this win? Nothing. Sorry, sorry, him beating Mysterio and beating Ali. That didn't do it for me. You'd have had a better chance if you had put if you had put him in a handicap match with AOP and he defeated both of them. Then I might be then okay, well sheesh, maybe he might win. No. Vince, let the man do his job. Dolph, I have absolutely no advice for you, my friend, because I, at the end of the day, I feel like you're kind of getting screwed in this position. So it's like, I, other than your questionable mic work, I have no real, no real complaints about you other than I don't have no idea what they're going to do with you after this. Goldberg, yo, if you're going to do, if you know, if you're going to do it, you better be balls out. You better give us one heck of a show when it comes to this match, because anything, anything less than a squash match. Or, or a squash match or anything less than that? Uh, I'm going to come next week and talk about you guys some more. And my voice is just a little voice in, in million, so you take it to a grain of salt. But just know that like a lot of people see past this BS that you're trying to give us. End of rant. I like the color scheme of the OC and the tag team title belts with the whole red and black. Did you see that? I, you know what? I kind of like that too. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I'm like, that's like very Martha, Martha Stewart-ish to be like, let's match these colors up, you know? I hate the name, but it's, I hate the, I still hate the name with the passion. But aesthetically, the championships with them and the colors, I, yeah, I get it. I like it. And now, now the one guy got the face paint. paint uh, what, is it Gallows? Is that him? Gall- face paint? Yes! Finally! Yes! Yes! They gave us something from the original Bullet Club. Yeah, that- back in Japan. Yeah. Yes, because he wore the makeup and he was in Japan. <laughs> And it's like seeing that, like that's where I was like, okay, all right. I hate you guys' names with the fashion still, but seeing Gallows, seeing Gallows with the face paint, and just like seeing seeing them come out and be else, like, all right, it's growing on me a little bit. It's yeah, growing. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like like you just said, I don't like the name, the OC. I'm still thinking of Orange County or something like that, or Orange Clutch or something like yeah. I just get the OC. I'm like, what is this? Is, is this UPN or, uh, or CW or what? Right. Like, whatever network it came on. Oh, I, I, right, real quick, folks under the age of 25. Before it was the CW, it was called UPN. Just putting it out. Yeah, I feel like we have to put little like watermarks for because we because we do have young young listeners. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, well, not young, but I mean, like, you know, kids like 19, 20, like, we have, you know, younger kids that watch the show. It's like, they have no idea what we're talking about. So I like that we put these little earmarks for them to look up or whatever. It's like, what is that? Did we tell you guys? You guys look it up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But it shows how old we are, but that's okay, too. Uh, speak for yourself. You're old. I'm seasoned. I just got seasoned wow. on me. Yes, I, I don't call myself old. I call myself seasoned. Uh, what's next? Uh, what's next? A motorcycle for your midlife crisis? Your midlife crisis? Is that what we're doing now? It's okay to be old, man. Nah, hey! 
<laughs> um, hey, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. We're we're both just seasoned, okay? We've been around for a while. <laughs> we this isn't our time. This is, a, this is our first ride around around the OK Corral. No, it is not. So, but uh, yeah, man. That, I, I, was, I can we talk about Kofi and Randy for a second? Like that's the match I'm hyped about. I'm hyped um, about that match. Yeah, that's gonna be on our SmackDown. Yeah, we can go ahead and go into SmackDown. Yeah. Stupid. 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 I don't it, uh, it, You know that it, was it, a botch, right? You know you know that that was was a botch. Botch. Oh yeah, it was a horrible botch. That's why I call them stupid stupid. That's why yeah. I, I love the fact that this is that that's the whole premise behind this match. Like I love what WWE does stuff like this. I love yeah. when they, when they take things from behind the scenes, you know, things that the wasn't really part of the show, like they make it part of the show. It just yeah. makes fun. like you guys aren't playing with our heads. Like you're not insulting our intelligence now. And I love that. That I do love. Like you're not messing with our heads anymore. They're not playing us like we're stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't see this type of stuff go on. It's like it's actually playing into the storyline. Like this is so refreshing for me. I know they've done this for a while, but like just seeing it, seeing it in its raw, in, in its most raw form, like, I'm enjoying it. And for those that don't know, what had happened back in 2009, 2010, something along those lines, I think it was 2009, Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston had a match. Kofi Kingston was supposed to take that Randy Orton kick to the head, but I'm guessing Kofi forgot or something like that, so he stood straight up. He was supposed to be, like, bent down on his knees so he could take that kick. But he stood straight up, so Randy Orton just had the RKO on. And when he gave him the RKO, he yelled at him, stupid, stupid, stupid. And then he panted him. The reason he was yelling stupid because he messed up. He was supposed to hit the kick. He botched it. And Randy got pissed. <clears throat> and like Eric was saying, I like how they played it into the storyline also. But like it didn't make it seem like it never happened because we all know it happened. And that, that's genius right there. I don't know if that was Vince or Eric Bischoff or whoever but that's genius right that's what we need right there because now this feels like they really don't like each other you know what i'm saying for him calling him stupid on live television and <laughs> and now kofi can get his retribution if he can you know yeah this is this is gonna be such a good match just because of you know the emotion factor you know the fact the emotion factor you know the background the background behind this match you know, Kofi, you know, Kofi wanting wanting to, you know, his his reign as WWE champion's already been solidified. But I, I think this is like the catalyst of everything of everything that like these past eleven years have been for Kofi. You know, it's like a lot of people a lot of people will argue and say like that was the beginning of of Kofi's decline out of the championship picture, you know? Like I I can't get over I can't get over how much this championship like this championship reign has meant to so many people for so many different reasons. You know, it's like there's you know there's no mistaking the fact uh you know Kofi after eleven years finally becoming WWE champion, you know, being the first full blooded African American champion um you know people just loving Kofi's story about not giving up and staying you know staying with it and 
you know, not Kofi, but uh, Randy Orton, in my opinion, like epitomizes everything that was holding Kofi back at that time. And then you just Randy Orton, Randy Orton's own story in this, you know, him chasing to be one of the greatest champions of all time, and and he's already he already has like what uh, eleven championship reigns. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like he, that. Yeah. He, I mean, he's he's trying to solidify himself as one of the greatest to ever do it. And I feel like every time Randy wrestles, he has that chip on his shoulder because it's like we get glimpses of greatness of, of Randy Orton, and then it's like he kind of falls by the wayside. Which a lot of that is his own doing because he doesn't. Am I? From what I've seen over the years, unless Randy Orton is truly invested in a story or or a match. You're not gonna get a hundred percent Randy Orton, and with the, like this is the perfect time for him to do it. Like he hasn't had a championship reign in a while. I think I think Randy's pretty hungry for it. He's gonna give like a hundred and ten percent in this match, and I think that's I think that's the biggest fear behind Kofi losing the title is the fact of can Rand is Randy the one to do it? You know, considering the story between them is what makes this so intriguing. Yeah, and uh, real quick, I heard the rumor that um, they want to put the title on Randy Orton for when they go to Fox, because Randy Orton is more of a solidified uh, person, you know, 11-time world champion, so I heard that rumor, but I'm hoping it's just that, a rumor, you know, I hope they keep it on Kofi, a new fresh face, when they go over to Fox Network in October, or yeah, in October. But that's the rumor I heard. They wanted Randy Orton because he's more familiar with the crowd. He knows how to uh, hold a title. He knows how to be a champion, all that, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, get a new man a chance. Make it a new face, you know? Make it a new person, a new image. But anywho, hey, I'm not the booker, so hey, whatever. Hey, what can you do? What can you do, hey? And what the hell is Shelton Benjamin doing? I think I asked that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, ask it again, man, because I don't, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> like, where are they going with this? Uh, or, where are they going with this? Or was this something that they wanted to put together and now they don't know what to do with it? So now, like, this is them stalling until they figure out how they're going to go about this. Because if you're going to make Shelton Benjamin, if you're going to make Shelton Benjamin a point, you know, a, a, a point on SmackDown, like, you're wasting his talent right now. Exactly. You're wasting. You're wasting his sound. Like he's a. He is not the guy who is going to go on a mic and give you a five star promo. Oh God, he's not no. that guy. <laughs> I'm he's, sorry. A, he's not. But he is. A, but he's the guy that will give a five star match every time. Most definitely. Yeah, and then Sean Benjamin is a very consistent worker. Like you, I've never seen him slack off. Slack off in a match or, or half ass a match. Like. Shelton Benjamin, one of those perfect, I'm from, like you say in the beginning, like he's one of those people, he's going to ring, you know, after the bell rings, he's going to ring your bell from pillow to post. Right. Like, is it, like, this is the guy, like, you, why are you wasting time, like, giving him the the segment where he's not talking for five minutes, where you can easily put him in a program with Rey Mysterio, you can easily put him in a program with Ali, you can easily put him in a program with, 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 with Daniel Bryan. And he's and each time he's gonna give you a show. Like this is the guy you don't put him you don't put him in a backstage segment. You put him in the ring to grab people. 
And I was thinking, uh, if you go to Raw, put him with Alistair Black, you know, that would be good. I, I would, I would love that. If they didn't, oh my goodness, like <laughs> Paul Heyman, uh, Paul Heyman getting behind, you know, getting the, behind the creative direction of Shelton Benjamin. The possibilities are endless. Endless indeed. And you know what I else I thought was endless and would never end was the segment with Charlotte and Trish Stratus. I'm sorry, but I'm not sold. You, not you know, sold. Not huh? even a little. I mean, I'm sold on the two names, but as far as the promos and them interaction, I'm just like, eh. Well, we the ones. <laughs> yeah, in all fairness, you, you're absolutely Trish did not give her best. Charlotte, I feel, is is always pretty, is at that, is always really good on the mic. Trish, not so much. Yeah. So that- I, get, I get it from that regard, but st- even still, all of that aside, you have like to me the only thing that I got from that whole promo was Trish slapping Charlotte in the face and Charlotte not doing anything. This is how I know Charlotte's gonna win this match. Can I interject for a second? And it's not in regards to Charlotte and Trish, but they just brought something to my attention that it's it, it just it bothers me. I'm not going on a rant. I'm just gonna make a statement. I take. Okay, I'm gonna use Charlotte and Trish as this example. Okay, they're gonna wrestle each other at SummerSlam. They don't like each other. They've been talking stuff to each other, you know, talking behind each other's back, doing whatever, saying all this stuff, slick stuff to each other, blah blah blah. I don't know if this just uh, me wanting it to be like more of a shoot. But you're standing in the ring with a person that was talking junk to you, and all you can do is grab a mic and talk junk back. I want to slap their face, like like don't even talk. Y'all standing in the ring together, just talking, and, and y'all don't like each other. And y'all didn't it, like. I didn't. I just didn't get that. Like that always bothered me to this day. And I and like like I said, I'm not talking about Charlotte and Trish. I'm just talking about any face or heel or anybody that's going through a, a program right now. If you're standing in the ring with the person talking, that just shows that, like, it's, it's a work. You know what I mean? Make it seem more like a shoot. Like, if I'm standing in the ring with you and I know you've been talking junk to me on the mic and to the crowd from city to city, as soon as I get in the ring with you, I'm swinging. I'm swinging. We're going to be rumbling in this joint. You know what I'm saying? I, I would see I would I would completely understand your point if it, if it was a matter of these like these people are talking for like 10 15 minutes like but it wasn't that it wasn't that long I think that they stayed out long enough just to get a point across that um you know Trish Trish is like um I may have been at the game a little bit but uh I'm still the I'm still the queen around here because nobody's been able to take my crown yet and Charlotte and Charlotte was out there enough to say uh grandma or mom, go take care of your kids. This is my show now. I run this, and Sunday I'm gonna retire you. Well, you know, for some stuff like that, you could be one could be on the stage while the other one could be in the ring. But if y'all both in the ring together, if y'all been talking slick about each other this whole time, like put it into reality, make it reality based. Eric, if one of these fans call you, message you, always talking junk to you. Then you finally see them. Are you gonna want to be verbal with them anymore? Or are you swinging for the fences once you see them? And y'all are face to face. 
Um, I'm probably the wrong person to ask for this. Uh, me person, like me personally, I'm gonna stand right there. I mean, I'm gonna stand right there and address you to, to see if everything that you was able to talk on the phone, you're able to say to my face. Now, at which point, if you go overboard and put your hands on me, uh, it's gonna be world star. Put you on your ass, but but also me in the sense like they want to smoke, like you they, they want to fight you. You know what I mean? Just like putting it in reality base. I mean not reality, but in wrestling base, they they want to fight each other. They want to wrestle each other on Sunday. So they talk about all this tough stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, by all means, yeah, by all means, if you want to smoke, it's on site when I see you. It, that's what I'm getting at. You made that known, then yeah, yeah. We're not gonna do a whole lot of talking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so put it back into the realm of uh, wrestling. Like, for example, again, not not taking anything from Charlotte or Trish. Trish and Charlotte both want to smoke. They both want to fight each other. They both want to go at each other. I don't see why they're standing in the ring talking to each other. I I never understood that. And I was the same person that said this about you. You said that about you, but now y'all just talking now. What happened to all that, that gangster stuff y'all were just talking <laughs> a minute ago? I think, in all fairness, that's kind of the hand. That's kind of the hand that they were dealt, considering there was not enough time to really push this match. So it's like you kind of had to put them. You had kind of had to put them in a ring. You know, what I'm saying put them in a ring with each other the week before to really build it up. I feel like if they had like, I don't know because I think because in. Now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. Like, I feel like it would have been just as effective, you know, if Charlotte had came to the ring and was talking all this stuff, you know, mommy, you need to go home, raise your cage, you're too old for this game. And Trish came out and said, no, what, she just got in the ring, started beating her ass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Literally getting your point as I'm explaining this. So it's like, in this regard, I, I, I can completely see them going that route. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? This is like this big blow up between the world. Like, oh, okay, like, yeah, they really want to go. Out but I felt like they, they had to tell the story. I felt like it, maybe WWE felt like they had to tell the story in words. Tell, so, yeah. And this was any angle, any angle with the face or here. Like I said, I'm not talking about straight up Charlotte and Trish, but I'm talking about any angle. It could be Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, whoever. You know what I mean? Just any angle, y'all had your face and your hair in the ring talking with microphones. You know what I mean? And y'all supposedly hate each other, supposedly want to see blood come from each other. But y'all talking. Talking, talking, talking. Like, no, knock his head off. Knock her head off. On sight. Make it more reality based, you know? But hey, I'm not the booker, so. Well, you have to you have to you have to admit that it was at least effective because we're talking about it now. We're darn sure going to turn tune into SummerSlam to watch it. Yeah, so most definitely it served its purpose. Okay, so that was like my little mini rant. You know, I don't do rants like Eric do. I just do little mini. Mine's more like questions, <laughs> a very elongated uh, question. I'm very opinionated and long-winded. That's a horrible combination. Yeah. <laughs> so my on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, another question I have: Where's Heavy Machinery? They was having a a big push for a second, and then after I believe Extreme Rules, somebody dumped a bucket of ice on them and it just cooled off. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I don't and know I was getting I, behind them too. I was like, okay, you know, all right, you know, I ain't really into all the little gimmick stuff like the the Viking tribe or whatever the hell the name is. But <laughs> I don't know their names, man. I don't. I don't it, it, once again, not important. Just like uh, Buddy Ryan. I don't care about what his real name is. Not important enough. How, <laughs> how much do you want to bet? They when they gave them the list of names to pick from. That that was on the list. <laughs> oh my god, you could have came up with something better than that. Well, I guarantee you that was on the list, man. I guarantee you that was on the list. <laughs> very soon we got to do this uh, top ten or top five worst wrestling names because I'm, I'm I'm putting a few of these names up there, especially Deuce and Domino. I hated that. Oh god, I hated that. I hated but, that. Uh, that was cool. The gimmick was just a gimmick. Like it was just a joke. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, where is Hank Machinery? In all fairness, it doesn't get much worse than Bastion Booger. Uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. Sorry. You remember Bastion Booger? I remember Bastion Booger. That's Mick Foley's homeboy. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Heavy Machinery, where are they? I was getting behind yeah. them. I like when the dude did did, did, did the Calipilla, I believe it was. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, big dudes could get down and be sleeping. Yeah, because he, he could work. I remember that triple threat match. It was him against uh, I think Xavier Woods and Daniel Bryan or something like that. And they was working around him, but he was cutting his teeth too. Like he was actually, he was working too, man. It, it wasn't like he was just standing there, and, you know. He was earning his stripes as well. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if like that. I, I don't feel like there's a beef for them to take a breakfast considering they were in the middle of a big push. I feel, I guess they were maybe just trying to focus. They were more focused on the people who are going to be at SummerSlam. You know, oh. they, you know, this is the go home episode, so you know they're going to focus on everything that has to do with SummerSlam up to this point. That and that, as far as I know, they don't have anything on SummerSlam. So they're not even a pre match, man. <laughs> You can't really do like as far as the tag team division, you can't really do. There's not a whole lot that they can do with the tag with the uh, tag championships because of the fact of Jimmy and Jay. They're not allowed to be. They're not allowed in Canada because of the DUIs. So they, you know, you can't really do anything with that with them there. You know, putting the OC against heavy, uh, putting the OC against heavy machinery. No. You know, it's no. just doesn't work. So I guess you know they're just. I, I'm sure we'll see them after SummerSlam. You know, soon. Yeah, hopefully, because I, I, like I said, I was just beginning to like them. I'm not so much in love with their name or the gimmick, but their work in the ring. I'm starting to really get behind. Uh, was there anything else from SmackDown that stood out? I already hinted on uh, the whole. Roman Reigns and Buddy, whatever his name is, and him snitching, snitch, <laughs> saying that it was, <laughs> saying that it was uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Roman Rowan that you know tried to run him over or hit him with the car or whatever. But so you think we do? You think we see? You you think we see uh, Roman versus Rowan at WrestleMania? You think they pop that on us? I th- I would want to see Roman versus Daniel because those are two bigger names. You know what I mean? And those are two guys that's already over with the crowd. And I think those two will put on a damn good match. 
can tell a damn good story. Daniel Bryan is so old school, he still tells stories. You don't do all this random diving and all that stuff. Like he dives, but it ain't random, you know? Like so right. I think you know, I think he'll tell a good uh Bret Hart versus Diesel type of story. I said at the beginning of the podcast, I like the era of right now, but I'm always referencing the nineties. I don't know why. Uh, it's just they do. That was the time we got. Like that was, you know, when we were when we were kids and teens. Like that was our heyday. Like it, it, that's that's all that we have to go on. Yeah. yeah. As, as far as like comparing everything. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns is like Bret Hart and Diesel. Bret Hart versus Diesel, or Shawn Michaels versus Diesel. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that should impact the raw down. Uh, Eric, you need a break. You want a break, or you want to go right into it? Yeah, let's let's go right into it, man. Let's, let's go right into it. So, I'm the one. Kind of this list, man. I'm telling you. So, uh, as we were saying, SummerSlam is this Sunday, uh, August 11th. It's probably gonna come on at like I don't know six or seven. Probably gonna be like ten hours long, so you might want to take off work the next day. Um, yeah. It's gonna be a long one, but it's this Sunday. So me and Eric have put together our top five SummerSlam matches, and this is dating back to when SummerSlam's genesis, which is probably back in the Ronald Reagan era until now. So <laughs> we just did five because last two times we did ten, we were both hurting at the end of it because of all the research we had to do. And it's a lot of talking, and it's just, it was just a lot. It was just too much for us. So we just narrowed it down to five. He did five, I did five. So, Eric, I'm going to let you go first. You do your number five, then I'm going to do my number five, and then just go from there. Okie dokie. All right. Starting off at number five, we have Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. The ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1995. Man, this this match I felt like should have been higher on my list because of like the the catalyst beforehand. Like when it came to WrestleMania, like WrestleMania ten, that matter that ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon was legendary. First of all, it was the first of its kind. It was the first ever ladder match, so it's like you didn't like you had no idea what to expect from that match. And then to see how legendary the match became over time. You know, it was like it was so good. Like they had to do it again at SummerSlam. Like they had to do it again. And honestly, I don't think this match, this particular one, lived up to the WrestleMania 10 ladder match they had a couple of months before this one. But it was amazing, nonetheless. I can't say with the honest heart. I was even as a child, as a ten-year-old kid. Ed was ninety-five. I was nine at the time. So as a nine-year-old kid, I was not keen on seeing Shawn Michaels' ass. Okay, <laughs> I was not keen on seeing that. But that was one of the low points of the match, if I had to say. Like, it, it cut, one, it was awkward because I was watching with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I was so afraid that my mom was going to be like, uh-uh, what is this, what is this mess going on? Change the channel. Hopefully, luckily she didn't, but I don't know. She might have admired Shawn Michaels' ass at that point enough to watch it anyway. So who knows? But <laughs> that match, it just didn't, I was so excited to see this match because I was so fascinated 
by the WrestleMania 10 match that it was like seeing it again like once I saw that that was the match that that was advertised I begged my mom to order SummerSlam and he had to remember well some of you don't remember but at this time when you ordered something on pay-per-view you were paying about $50, $60 for it or or at the time in in our case our parents were so we had to beg our parents to buy it and and it's like I remember just being like my eyes lighting up just like watching the match from beginning to end and it was like oh god it was such a such a great match and then watching Razor win it I was so excited for watching Razor Ramon win at Wrestlemania but I was just as excited watching Shawn Michaels win it at SummerSlam like it was from beginning to end it was like you know, it was something that you hadn't seen before. And if you had seen WrestleMania, you, you had seen it once before, but it was so good the first time you wanted to see it again. So it was like, th- that match had to make my top five. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, my number five, I'm taking it way back, way back. We're going back to 1990, folks. Ooh. Turn of the... Uh, <clears throat> I mean the beginning of a decade <clears throat> actually a decade that defined wrestling for me like you know that, that was my heyday but anyway Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rue in a steel cage match for the WWF title let me repeat that the WWF title um what can we say about Ultimate Warrior that we didn't say on our last podcast running to the ring face paint, wild hair, tassels, shaking the ropes, running from side to side. Do you even need a match after that? I don't think you do. Especially for us, like, 1990, I was like four years old, four or five years old, whatever. <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> and then Rick Rude, a worker, a workhorse, a technician, an entertainer, a performer, uh, he has great timing. He has great mechanics. I mean, he, him and Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart are like the three from that era, like the three top like guys who will want to work with because you know you're going to have a good wrestling match. That's going to tell a good story. That's going to have good psychology. You know what I mean? And Rick Rude, like I said, I kind of put him down on the last podcast. Remember, I said he wasn't the best worker. He had no skill set. But working with Rick Rude, Ultimate Warrior shined in that matchup. Because Rick Rude walked him through it. Um, you can tell he called it. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to put him down. Did Ultimate Warrior ever call a match, maybe? I don't think he probably ever did. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I, I doubt yeah, I, I seriously doubt it. I think he's taking direction from... Pat Patterson his whole career but anyway Rick Rude called it Rick Rude did a great job with it and it was a phenomenal match Ultimate Warrior took direction very well and I enjoyed that match so my number 5 was Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude and I don't think that I don't think people say enough about just how good of a talker Rick Rude was too yes and which makes me wonder why he needed um, Bobby the Brain Heenan with him but Bobby was a great talker too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I never got that either because I thought, look, Rick Rude, he's, he was a, he was one of the guys. Him and Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts 
were two guys from back in the day, like re- watching wrestling when I was young, that it was like, he got the type of heat from you that you wanted. Like you really just, oh, just with, with Rick Rude and his, you know, his arrogance and, you know, his, his you know, the, the amazing physique he had. It was like you, you were jealous of him and you hated him. But God did the ladies love him. Yeah, he, he was chiseled from head to toe. Like he would, he he spent his time in the gym, you know. Yeah, with that, with that, uh, you know, his hand over his head and gyrating his hips and that dry Jerry curl thing that he had going on for a while. I didn't like him, but you know, God, he's like you just you hated to love you, you love to hate the man. Did you hear uh, what Jake the Snake had said? He did one night. With uh, Rick Rude, no, but please say. Okay, those um, who are eighteen and under have to cover their ears for this. All right, so we're giving a five-second countdown. Yeah, cover your ears. You know, t- uh, fast forward, fast forward if you have to. So every night, Rick Rude will pick a girl from the audience to kiss. He'll actually kiss them in the mouth, right? And they were actually paid actresses or paid um, women, you know. They it, it, he didn't just kiss random women; it was already laid out for him, you know. Well, one of the girls that Rick Rude was supposed to kiss that night was a ring rat. You know what the rats are—the groupies. Was one of Jake the Snake's groupies that Jake the Snake would often sleep with. So Jake the Snake had heard that. You know, she came to him and was like, Rick Rude's supposed to kiss me. So he got the bright idea to get some head from her oh. backstage. And when he finished, he said, Now don't swallow it, whoosh it around in your mouth. Yeah. And then spit it out. <laughs> and then he told her, and then he said, Now don't brush your teeth, don't take no mouthwash, nothing. Now go out there and let Rick Rude kiss you. Rick Rude grabbed the girl. He did his thing in the ring or whatever. And said, I want this girl. I'm going to kiss her, blah, blah, blah. She gets in the ring, kisses Rick Rude, then whispered <laughs> in her ear. Then she whispered in uh, Rick Rude's ear what she just did. Now, Rick Rude can't sell it. He can't. In the middle of the ring, live audience on TV, he can't sell it. But he's boiling on the inside. Did Jake the Snake stick around for that? No, he did not. He bounced out. He better not have. He better get again. <laughs> oh my god! I've never heard that story. But that Boy, is probably, that is probably one of the stories I've ever heard. Because <laughs> you know they used to pull ribs on each other, but stuff like that, you going too far. There's ribs and and then there there's just completely out of pocket, and that was completely out of, pocket. out of pocket. Like you didn't have to do that. It's all right. You can all right. I would have. I know me. I would have stopped with the head part. But as far as unloading in her mouth and having to swish it around and spit out, that's. I, I don't think I could go that far. Even with a person I hate, I don't think I could go that far. Well, I don't know. Hate runs deep. If a couple of people I hate, I would do that too. <laughs> but Ooh, I, say, I don't think I could do that. So, <laughs> but good God, all right, that was great. That was great. Oh my gosh! Like, how can they, after hearing the story like that, how can we go on with this? One? <laughs> sorry, sorry, kid. Sorry, those eighteen and under. I apologize. Oh yeah, kids, y'all can undo your ears now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh man, good lord. I went to put uh, a. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put a uh, viewer discussion advised on this part. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely put discussion on this one. <laughs> oh, good lord. All right, number four. Woo! That was great. <laughs> number four of my top five SummerSlam matches goes to. Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, a steel cage match. Oh, yes, yes, I remember that. No lie, I think I watched that match maybe like two years ago. I'm not even joking. I went back and watched that match. I, I did too, from beginning to end. Beginning to end, I watched the entire match. That match, oh, anybody, anybody who had a sibling. That was into wrestling just as much as you were. You guys, you guys like role played this match as kids because this match hit home on every single level. You had Owen, who I mean, just as talented as Brett, if not more, was fighting hard to get from under Brett's shadow. And then here's Brett. You know, the excellence of execution, you know, the, the leader of the locker room. You, it, I mean, the, there's no words to put to put Bret Hart on a higher pedestal than he was for WWE in the mid-90s. And so this match, I mean, had anger, had contentment, had jealousy, had everything culminate in the steel cage match between two brothers and let me tell you spoiler alert these guys did not disappoint this match was hard it had everything it had te- it had te- technical wrestling you know it had hard hits you know it had brothers throwing each other against the cage like you for a while like neither of them cared about the fact that they were brothers this match was that hard hitting you know, and the culmination, the culmination of the match, you know, with, you know, with Brett winning and then, you know, Owen, you know, Owen pretending that he's okay with it and, you know, go to hug each other and then just beat Brett's ass at the end of the match. It was like, ah, like you loved it. If you were a person that, that loved heels and wrestling, like this was like your golden moment. Like you cheered. You know, meanwhile, me, I was always the face kid. I'm like, no, why would you just go after the match you guys just had? You guys can't just love on each other like one time. Like, it, the match was so great. You know, it told such a great story. It was performed the execution. It had a, a ending that maybe most of you may or may not have seen coming, depending on how deep you were into wrestling at the time. But God, like from beginning to end, that was such a great match. You're like that's the, that definitely should have been higher on my list, but I had to put the, the fact of the matter is I had to make the list. Period. So again, yeah, trust me, my last three picks will absolutely justify why this one was number four instead of number one. And let's not forget, when you think of a cage match, you think of a bloody massacre. There was no blood in this because it didn't need to be. No. That's how good these two guys were. And also, when I was watching it, I forgot they was in a steel cage. 
they were still doing all the technical moves, all you know, submissions and you know, um, um, vertical suplexes. Like it was so good. Like, I, I forgot all about that match. I don't know why I put it on my list. Yeah, it's it was, it was like they didn't realize they were in the still cage till like ten minutes into the match. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I can throw him against here. Okay. Because they're, they're so technically sound that it's like, they did not need, like you were right, like you said, they did not need, they didn't need the stone cage. That was just an added bonus. Right, right. Okay, so my number four, I'm not going to talk much about this number four. Okay. You're going to know why in a second. It might sound familiar. My number four is Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. In the latter match, 1995. Yes. Sound familiar? Does it sound familiar to you? Sound like deja vu, right? No. Oh, just like deja vu. It's probably like we. It's almost like we talked about it maybe 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. So everything Eric said, I say. So hey, if you don't know what he said, go back and rewind it. But um, or or as um, Ric Flair would say. Uh, Shawn Michaels wrestled a ladder. He just so happened to have another person in the ring with him. <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. I haven't heard that in so I long. I thought it was so cold hearted because I thought Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, did his uh, did his due diligence in this uh, match. I think he uh, helped carry a little bit of it. I think it, it was probably called 50 50. It was. It was 50 50, Booker. Yeah, so I think Razor Ramon should get more credit than, you know, what others may think. But I totally, I totally understand what Flair was saying because Shawn Michaels did do more of the uh, more flamboyant stuff, more stuff that stood out, like jumping off the ladder and using the ladder as a weapon and all that stuff. So I understand what he was saying. He was more creative, but, you know, Razor Ramon had to be there to take those bumps to sell it. Right. I mean, if you, you know what I mean. So, yeah, like I said, my number four sounds vaguely familiar because it was Eric's number five. So, there you have it. <laughs> On number three. On number three. <laughs> yeah, I'm so nervous. <laughs> By the way, I'm so nervous about our number one. <laughs> I'm so nervous. No, I, I think I think our number ones are going to be different. You think so? I think it's going to be different. I think so. Okay. All right. Well, then, then hopefully, hopefully, we'll see. It's got to, got to be some division between us at some point. <laughs> right. Uh, number three, for number three, this one goes to Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker for the WWE Championship of SummerSlam of '98. I, lo- this was the first SummerSlam that I could say, like, for as a true wrestling fan, like, I was so invested in this match. And, and I think it was it was more the marketing behind it. Like, this was, you know what I'm saying, the highway, you know, the the uh, the catchphrase for for this SummerSlam was highway to hell. You know? Yeah, ACDC. And, yeah, ACDC is the theme song. 
um the the actual the, i think it was at Madison square garden i'm not 100% sure but i'm thinking yeah i'm pretty sure it was at Madison, it was at Madison square garden like the entrance like the entrance way to the ring they have like the hell's gates in front of it like like everything about it was just like i, I loved it you know and the culmination of it was stone cold steve Austin taking on the undertaker this match was fire from beginning to end you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I mean, this was Stone Cold in his heyday. Like, this was prime Stone Cold Steve Austin, beer slowing, flicking off Vince McMahon, give me a help. Like, this was Stone Cold, like, in his net, like, this was the best Stone Cold that you were gonna see, in my personal opinion. And then you had The Undertaker, and, and this, and this, you know, this wasn't regular Undertaker. This was Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. This was the darkest I had ever seen Undertaker. My mom almost made me stop watching wrestling because she thought the Undertaker was getting too satanic. That's how good the Undertaker was at being the ministry, being in the Ministry of Darkness. That's how good he was. And my mom was saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled. So, you know, she wasn't doing no devil stuff at her house. But, but I mean, the, once again, I begged and pleaded her to see this match because I really wanted to see it. And it lived up to its billing because these guys literally fought for, I mean, all over the place. There wasn't a place around the ring that wasn't demolished from these guys because they were literally beating the hell out of each other from beginning to end. And then... The complete opposite of my last choice, as far as endings, with Owen and Bret Hart. You had you had these guys hating each other before the match, beating the crap out of each other during the match, and then at the end, Stone Cold Steve Austin wins, and you see the Undertaker grab his belt, grab the championship belt, look at it, and hand it to Stone Cold Steve Austin. As if to say, we've literally beaten the hell out of each other and you gained my respect out of it. Like, that's, that did it for me. Because it's like, I, I'm always that guy. I love seeing happy endings at the end of the match. I like seeing the guy tuck it out. Hard-fought match. Like, I love seeing I love seeing mutual respect for after beating the hell out of each other. Like, I love that. Like, there's something about it. Like, I love it. And seeing those two having the match that they had, and see him take a give him the belt and show him stone cold respect like that you, that was like the perfect enemy to like any any pay-per-view around that time of my childhood and it had to make the list it had to make my list and it made it at number three god you like that match didn't you <laughs> I, I, I loved it from beginning to end and it started, it's, it stands as my number two greatest match of all time. Okay, okay. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. Uh, my number three. Hardy Boys. Dudley Boys. Edge and Christian. Tables. Ladders. Cheers. Oh, my. Oh, my. It was a spot fest, I'll admit. It was a spot fest. Coming from the guy... Damn. Coming from the guy who says he did, he, he he doesn't like spots. But 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 no, I like spots. I like spots when they have a story behind it. Okay, fair. And yeah, yeah, and and this had a story. Well, the story was 
Hardy Boys were good with the ladder. Dudley Boys was good with the table. And uh, Edge of Christian had the chairs. So it's only right to make a TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Uh, this, when I hate on earlier about me jumping off my dresser, dresser onto the bed was because of matches like this. <laughs> because of Jeff Hardy. Poor Jeff Hardy. But because of Jeff Hardy... <laughs> And Matt Hardy diving off stuff. I would dive off my dresser and do leg drops, back flips, front flips, elbow drops, all because of the, the things that they did in this match. Dudley boys coming from ECW with the with the tables. Oh my god, I was so scared of the Dudley boys. I don't know why I was scared of them. I didn't. It, it they just had this this feel about them. I don't know. That they'll drive anybody through a table. Because they put May Young through one. So it's like they don't have... So in my head they don't... In my mind in my head they don't respect anybody. So if you don't respect anybody you, <laughs> I was, you know, you, you're a bad person. You know? Shabo, I was just about to say, if they're willing to put an old lady through a table they don't give a fuck about anybody. <laughs> exactly. So that's what got me shook about these guys. Like, wow, they put this on. Now, remember, I was what, 2000, I was 13, 14, something like that. I was still a little kid, really. So I was just like, wow, you really doing that, huh? Okay, cool. Edgy Christian, I couldn't stand. <laughs> I could, I, and that means they did their job well because I couldn't stand them. With that whole six second, um, uh, photography spot that they used to do like I'll give you guys six seconds take pictures of us I couldn't stand that stuff so I think the storyline fit perfect with these three teams I think they work well together I think they help build each other's career all of them are Hall of Famers um, I, I just enjoyed the match it's just a fun match to watch you know because for, for it being 2000 they was doing stuff you didn't see to probably like 2008, 2009. So it was very ahead of its time, very revolutionary. So my hats off to those guys. They did a phenomenal job entertaining the crowd, entertaining me, and putting on a damn good show. Um, real quick. Okay, so that was Summer Sun of 2000, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the that was the first that was the first ever TLC match, wasn't it? Technically, yes. Okay. Because that because the um at WrestleMania that year they had a triple threat ladder match, but they also had chairs and tables with it. You okay. know what I mean? So that was the that was the first official tables yeah. ladder match. Yeah, that was the first yeah, to be labeled as a tables, ladders, and chairs match. The one at WrestleMania was just a triple threat ladder match, but it had everything that they needed in there with the chairs and the tables. Man. So a match. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because my number two is Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys. <laughs> the TLC match. Oh, that's crazy. You're, you're number three and my number two. Yeah, that was a great, that was such a great match. That was actually fun going back and looking at because it's like just bodies flying everywhere. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies... Th oh, God, I miss that song so much. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, uh, that was uh, awesome. And you are absolutely right. It was definitely, like, way ahead of its time. 
like you know just the hardy boy just the hardy boys and edge christian themselves were like those guys were ahead of their time with the moves that they were doing and you know the flying acrobatics and the things that they would do like nobody had seen anything like that before so yeah you're absolutely right man that match was ahead of its time and it was such like it like this it, it gave you it gave you a taste of the hardcore element from ecw Yes. It was just in WWE form. You know, like, it, yeah. like you got your own taste of it. And it. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I loved it. Like I said, dude, that was your number three. That was my number two. You said everything that there needed to be say about it. So my number two, same thing. Age of Christian, Hardy Boys, and the Dudleys for SummerSlam 2000. My number two. Uh, is there a glitch in the Matrix? You know, remember the movie The Matrix when um, Neo was walking through and he saw the cat walk by, then he saw another cat walk by. He was like, whoa, deja vu. My number two, Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. Wow. 1998 for the WWF title. Definitely. Sound familiar once again? Definitely a glitch in the Matrix. Glitch in the Matrix. Um, Did you know about uh, the part where Stone Cold got knocked out? Yes, I, I can't believe I didn't. I can't believe I didn't talk about that. But bleep, yeah, you, yeah, I'm glad I left something for you. Tell the people. Yeah, so there was a point in that match where Stone Cold actually gets knocked out by the Undertaker, not on purpose. It was an accident, or you could call it a botch if you want to, but it was more of an accident where Undertaker was bent over, and Stone Cold came and kicked him in the chest, and Undertaker popped up real quick, and the back of his head hit Stone Cold's chin and knocked him completely out. And um, uh, the referee, Earl Helpner. Earl Helpner asked if he was okay. And Stone Cold says, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you get that response, you know something's wrong here. You, there, those, those red flags flying. Hey, man, I know Earl. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and Earl Helpner's response was, goddamn kid, you're in the garden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on, get it together. You, you in Madison Square Garden? Suck that up. Let's go. And, and Stone Cold to his face sucked it up and kept going. So, you know, um, anything Eric said about that match, I'm saying about it. If you don't remember, go ahead and rewind it. But my number two, Stone Cold versus The Undertaker for the WWF title, and also. 1998 was when Stone Cold won the WWE title for the first time by beating Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. So he was he was blazing about this time. He was on fire. Oh yeah. And Undertaker was already a solidified name. Like oh my god, it's we need to do just one podcast on the Undertaker because he's been solidified for years. You know what? He I... was solidified way before this match even took place in '98. He was already etched in stone as being one of the greatest. Yeah, whenever yeah, whenever the taker decides to finally hang it up, that is the week that we are dedicating the entire podcast to the yeah. end. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. Definitely. That sounds like a plan. Okay. All right. You're number one. I'm, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it isn't my number one. <laughs> Dude, for anybody who's just for anybody who's listening for the first time, uh, this isn't our, our first top 10 or top 5 list. Like, we've done top 10 lists before. We've done it probably about three times. About three or four times. 
Yeah, this is our third time. Third time. And literally, every time, we do not discuss our, our list before we, we do the podcast. We literally come on the podcast and we give our top five. Every time, we have gotten to number one. Our number ones have been the same. I don't know. I think it probably just goes as far as to show like how either how knowledgeable we are <laughs> or how much we're just my wrestling marks. <laughs> but... Always said that we've always gotten our, our number ones the same. So, with that being said, let's please see. Don't please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Okay, go ahead. All right, my number one is Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1992. Is that the same? You son of a bitch! Oh my God! You. Son of a bitch. Hey, do, you, do you hear my notes right now? Do you hear my notes? You son of a Shay, do you, Shay, do you hear my notes right now? Do you hear them? Yeah, I hear it. It's literally all in the air right now. I literally just threw my notes in the air. I can't believe this is happening again. Guys, I can swear to you on a stack of Bibles, this is not happening on purpose. I promise you on everything that I love, we are not meaning to have the same number ones. It literally just happened. And I was hoping by your silence, I was thinking that we didn't have the same one. I was waiting for you to tell me, okay, well, no, that's not the one. I cannot believe this. <laughs> well, because I was hoping you would say Bret Hart against somebody else, but as soon as I heard the word British, I said, this son of a... <laughs> I mean, God, man. Hey, man, we could... Well, we could both do this one together then. Because that match... That was amazing. <laughs> 92. Okay, so in 92, it was mainly about entertaining because you had Andre the Giant still. You had Hulk Hogan. You had Ultimate Warrior. You had Macho Man. So it was all about glitz, glamour, big names. Um, uh, uh, it, you know, entertaining. It was all based off of entertainment. Bret Hart and British Bulldog wrestled each other. That was my first time seeing a wrestling match go down. Seeing two guys actually doing technical mo- That's when I first heard the term technical I remember my brother had said it And I was like what's technical mean Because I was just so used to you know Hulk Hogan posing For five minutes Or Ultimate Warrior shaking the ropes Or uh, Macho Man doing the finger thing in the, in the air you know when it comes down to the ring I'm used to seeing that But when I watched this match I'm like i never seen that before i never seen that before Oh my goodness Is that, uh, What's that thing called a submission What's a submission you know, I've never seen stuff like that. So, it introduced me to actual wrestling set for actual entertainment, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. If, for me, like, this match, I'm, I love, I'm like you, man. I love stories. And, like, it's always, I don't know what it is about, like, family angles. Family angles always hits close to home for me. And, it, like this one, like especially when I talked about um, Owen versus Brett in the cage match, like that one got me. But it was this one in particular that like got me in all of my feels because you know you had you know the whole thing to me like you focused on Brett and you focused on Brett and you focused on the British Bulldog. For me as a kid, like. When when they interviewed uh, Diana Hart, who was the British Bulldog's wife and Brett's sister, 
Like that was it. That was like enamoring for me because I was. I'm like, who do you like? Like that has to be an awful position to be in, to see your siblings compete in each other, but then not just competing against each other, competing in a violent manner. You know, like that had to have been so tough to sit and watch, whether from a kayfabe aspect or not. You know, because let's break kayfabe for a second, like. Even if we took kayfabe out of it, like you're watching your husband and your brother for all intents and purposes fight each other. And in the wrestling business, you're one wrong move away from paralysis. You know, yeah. and just seeing that, like taking away the kayfabe after looking at that alone, it's like, you know, you're already like your heart's already in your throat because you're like you, your brother and your husband are up there. You don't want anything to happen to them. But then you know, looking at it like they're fighting for a championship, so you know they're so you know they're going balls to the wall all out. Like they've completely forgotten about the fact that they're related through marriage. That all that has gone out the window. You are only looking at two men facing each other for the for the intercontinental championship. And uh, just seeing, just seeing that match, and you know, for watching them have no disregard for each other, you know, wanting to be the better man, like this, that match did it for me. I don't know that, like, I, I, it, there's not another SummerSlam match that I feel like you could put number one when you talk about, you know, experience in the ring, technicality, story, uh, finish, because that finish was amazing. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Like I was saying, I've never seen wrestling moves. Yeah, and it was, oh God, amazing from beginning to end. And watching and seeing the British Bulldog actually, you know what I'm saying, pin Brett and pin him cleanly, you know, like I, I to this day, I still feel a little shaky towards Brett after that match because it was like, he didn't really want to hug him. But he knew he had to, and it was just like it was like you could tell like he he really want to you could tell like he didn't really want to hug him because like most guys would just be like, eh, let me think about it for a couple of seconds. All right, all right, bring it in. Like Brett walked off two times before he hugged him. Like you could tell he was really salty about losing the Intercontinental Championship. But still, like at the end of the day, seeing them together and seeing, you know, seeing seeing Diane hold the both of their hands in the air, it's like that it's it's such a great you know, storytelling match. Yeah. And here I go, um, airing out people's dirty laundry. The night before that match, you know, British Bulldog is at home, right? Where he grew up at. So he met up with all his buddies, drinking, um, doing other things all night long into the next day. Before so when it came time, So when it came time for the match, he was in no position to actually be in that ring. Brett called that match 100% because British Bulldog had no clue where he was. It wasn't like what I was saying about Stone Cold getting knocked out and ain't know where he was. British Bulldog ain't know where he was because he was on different things. You know, and I think um, British Bulldog had a, a, I think C-R-A-C-K was involved Don't quote me on that But I think he had a big addiction to that And with alcohol And you know, all the other stuff Mixed in 
he had no clue where he was and he was missing spots and there was a spot where uh, Bret Hart was supposed to dive over the top rope and David Boy was supposed to catch him he forgot to catch him <laughs> so I didn't know all this stuff like I had no idea that he like the way the way the bulldog wrestled like I thought I, he looked fine to me <laughs> That's- yeah, no, nah, because that's that's you know, I think it's muscle memory on how to wrestle. Almost like uh, I remember when I was a cook at uh, Ruby Tuesdays. She asked people I used to cook at Ruby Tuesdays. I would be feeling sick or something like that, but I could still cook a hundred percent because it's just muscle memory on how to make uh, 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 fish tilapia or how to make a chicken taco. You know, it was just muscle. You just it was natural to know yeah. how to do it. No matter how you know much how out of it you are, you just you've been doing it so long, you got used to it. So I think it was one of the ones that David Boy was doing it so long, he got used to it, but he had no clue what the spots were, uh, anything like that, because he was partying all night and all day long, you know. So that was me airing out the dirty laundry. I know I took a heel turn. I shouldn't have said that because you know I was basically just put down the match a little bit. But it's my number one. Five SummerSlam matches. That's my number one. Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. Gracious, that was a great match. That was a great match. I can't believe like we keep, this is literally the fourth time in a row we've done a list and we both have the same number ones. We are on the Undertaker undefeated streak right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is great. I love it. I think it's a but you know what? For us, first of all, I think for us to go that deep in the vault, I think like validates, you know, validates our fandom of wrestling. Yeah, uh, because not- we didn't pick anything. <laughs> if you notice, we didn't pick anything after two thousand. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Uh uh-uh. uh. But that's because no, no, no. But that's because there hasn't been any SummerSlam matches that equal that equals the height of the five that we put out. Well, I had an honorable mention. I think it was um, SummerSlam of 2012 or 13 or something. But it was CM Punk against Brock Lesnar. Uh, and that was a pretty good match. Okay, I had I only had one honorable mention, and that was Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Oh, that squash match with, with like 16 German suplexes? Uh, that's why, but you know, that's why it deserves my honorable mention because that... Like for me, it was the story that they told. Like John, at this time, John Cena was carrying the flag for WWE, and, t- and he just got smoked. But it, but you know what? It took sixteen suplexes to do it to put him down. That I believe smoke. Like losing to Brock Lesnar to me, especially in that point, if it takes sixteen German suplexes. To put somebody out, bro, <laughs> you haven't won anything. You've survived. Brock Lesnar yeah. survived that match. He survived that match more than anything because even after taking all the, all of those German suplexes, he was about to put him, he was about to uh put him in the F five, and John Cena got out of that and was able to put him in the STF. Which that which that was the catalyst that pissed Brock Lesnar off to the point to give him the F five to win, but 
seeing like that story building and like just seeing it like over and over and over and over you're like jesus when is this gonna end to the point where like you had to be a bit concerned you know about john cena for real because you're like dude let it go let it go just just stop <laughs> you know right <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you i hear you. i didn't like it because only because it was a squash match it was like one-sided it wasn't that this is awesome type of match but that's why it, was, it is what it is that's why it was an honorable mention <laughs> yeah all right so upcoming events uh it's uh we got like i've been saying uh for people who live in the tidewater area smackdown will be here september 3rd tickets starting at um $15. We also have um, VCW, Vanguard Championship Wrestling. is going to be at the Peanut City Showdown in Suffolk, September 7th. Tickets start at, I believe, $20, I believe it is. Yes. The, the, show, yes. the show is called Peanut... Uh, Peanut City Showdown. The um the the venue oh. that it's at is the Salvation the uh, old Salvation Army Center. And stuff. Oh yeah, I, and I got that down too. I don't know why I read it wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, it is the Peanut City Showdown in Suffolk. VCW. I think Rhino's supposed to be there. Yes, he is. He yeah. is wrestling in a match. Uh, I believe it's he's taking on uh Colby Corvino. Corvino. Yeah, yeah, dropping f bombs and everything. Um, AEW is having all out on August thirty first. Eric, how can people watch that one? All right, well, uh, you guys can watch that on pay per view. That that show will actually be on pay per view. Yo, sorry guys. Okay. Yeah, you'll have to pay for that one, but trust me when I tell you, all out is definitely going to be worth it. You have got you have got uh hangman Adam Page taking on Chris Jericho. Winner the the winner will be the inaugural AEW heavyweight champion. You have got the nightmare Cody Rhodes taking on the chairman Sean Spears. You've also got the Young Bucks taking um excuse me. Wow, I'm sorry guys, I'm still a little sick, so you gotta excuse me. But you've got you've also got the Young Bucks taking on Penta Ilzino, uh, Penta Ilzino and Ray Phoenix in a ladder match for the AAA Tag Team Championships. Guys, this card is stacked to the point you might even see CM Punk pop up. Who knows? We are so tired of trying to figure that out. If he shows up, he shows up. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But trust me when I tell you, August 31st, you are going to want to pay the money to see this because this is this is the this is the pay-per-view right before they go to uh right before they get ready to go to TV. So if you want to be so if you already planning to watch AEW uh on TNT, you're definitely gonna wanna watch All Out because All Out is gonna set everything up for TV. It's gonna be great, guys. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> My bad. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, did, did I explain it so good? You started looking it up to buy it. <laughs> no, no, no. What happened? I'm seeing. All right, 
let y'all know I'm a I'm a Oakland Raiders fan, and I'm seeing that Antonio Brown saying he won't play unless he get a special helmet made or something along those lines. So I'll have to be like, hold on, what you talking about now? What you talking about Willis? I don't blame him. I don't blame him now one bit. These players, yeah. real quick, guys. We know a wrestling fan, wrestling. we we know a wrestling podcast. Just give us five minutes. <laughs> yeah, because we watch other sports too. Like I was so I was so heartbroken when Russell Westbrook went to Houston because I was riding with him in OKC for so long. But I love. Yeah, we, we watch everything. He needed to get. Out. I think it's gonna be good. He needed to get out of OKC anyway. He needs to get out. Of yeah, and they didn't respect him. Like he, yo, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is so underrated. Like that's a dude. Yes, he is. That's a dude you can build a team around. And like they, and they wasn't giving him no type of help. Once hard, once hard left, like yo, they wasn't trying to. You know what I'm saying? They want going to free agency and, not get anybody to help him out. So he had every right to. And that's when I had light OKC okay, was Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and uh, James Harden. Those three, I was like, okay, he's got. I think. It, if they would have stayed together, they would have been had a title by now. Oh yeah, definitely. I think they would have been had a title by now, but everybody left, and now they got. I think they traded him for uh, Chris Paul, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, traded him for Chris Chris Paul. So I'm just like, eh. that ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I'm just like, eh. That's a. Pop. But you know, I think I think he would work out better down there in Houston. So we just have to wait and see but back to football though yeah Antonio Brown being a being a Madonna right now saying he wants a uh, special helmet to play and you know we signed him to a three year deal I didn't think we was going to get this into the second year of him you know being that prima donna well I mean what you may call prima donna what you call prima donna may be him looking out for his safety maybe the helmet maybe he felt the helmet that he used protected him more you know what i'm saying he's a wide receiver he's catching you know what i'm saying he's wide open you know he's a wide open field catching passes you know dudes hit him full speed if his if he felt like he felt safer in his old helmet then i get then i can understand him feeling that way but i can also understand the nfl's position and um look we got sponsors and use these certain kind of helmets and they're giving us a whole bunch of money you know what I'm saying? For us to wear these helmets, and you really ain't even really giving us no money. So, should you work for us, you're going to have to take whatever we give you, or or he can do like he wants to and leave the game. Like, I, I don't I don't feel, even if he does decide to do that, like, I don't think he's wrong for that. Like, if he's looking out for his safety at the end of the day, then okay. But if you just been, but if you're, but if he is legit just being a prima donna and just, and just wants to wear his own helmet because he likes his own helmet better and it don't have nothing to do with his safety, okay, well, then you're being a little prima donna bitch. You need to get on the field. <laughs> Funny. Just saying. That's my football. Funny. Today. I'm done. Okay, okay. My, all right, all right. Uh, yesterday, but lost Sunfeld. No, let me get it out. We lost Sunfeld. I'm a little worried. I kind of want Cap, but everybody in my Eagles group is talking about we don't want Cap because he never fucking know that bull crap. Look, we're in trouble. We need help. <laughs> but that, you said the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. We lost. We lost uh, Nate Sunfeld yesterday. Uh, he, oh. uh, he fractured his non-throwing arm, so now we a little light on QB and there's been talk about Kaepernick, you know what I'm saying, us talking to Kaepernick, which ain't gonna happen because they still got him blackballed, but you know, that's really hitting all there. Okay, okay. Alright, I'm done with football. 
right, so okay. <laughs> All right, so Eric, how can they reach you? We were saying it throughout the whole show, but we're gonna do it again. How can they? Yeah, reach for you? those of, for those of you who have survived this entire podcast. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> we heard the boy. We've had all sorts of crazy stuff happen. <laughs> Trust me. This if this sounds smooth at all, it's because I do a great editing job. But anyway, <laughs> you guys can find me, of course, on Facebook, Eric Big Grizz Billups. You can find me on Instagram, lineage underscore of underscore excellence. You can find me on Twitter. My handle Seven City Cycle. The S in Cycle is a dollar sign because we get that money. And if you want, you can give me a call at 757-633-0132. Shay, how can they reach you? They can reach me on Facebook at Shay Bo. That's S-H-E-A space B-O. You can reach me on Instagram at all power to the people. A-W-L-P-O-W-R, the number two, D-A-P-P-L. You can also reach me on Twitter at Shabo number four, the actual number four. And you can also give me a call or text at 757-419-1990. That's 757-419-1990. All right. And there you have it, folks. And that's that's all we got for you. Hey. Okay. Guys, a lot of wrestling, a lot of wrestling's going on this weekend. We didn't even touch on NXT TakeOver that's happening this weekend. Uh, we And we barely touched on SummerSlam, but what we are going to do for you guys, um, we're going to, we're going to uh, do a special, we're going to do a special show on Sunday. It's not going to be long. It's definitely not going to be long as this. We are strictly going to maybe go over NXT TakeOver and give our predictions for SummerSlam. And so that way y'all got, you guys got a little, uh, just a little snack, something to snack on before SummerSlam. Right. So, I'm Shay Bowden. He's Big Grizz. This is the Hot Tag Podcast. The hottest Hot Tag Podcast, might I add. One and only, baby. Let's go. We out. Peace. <laughs>